Hey guys, spoilers ahead. I'm Laura. And I'm Wes. And this is Breakdown from the Couch. This is the podcast where we watch movies that are available on streaming and break them down for you scene by scene. Uh, let's see, you can you can check us out on social media. Just search for Breakdown from the Couch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also check us out on ageofradio.org. You can find our episodes there as well as shop our sponsors. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We're available wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to give us a review and message us with any movie suggestions you might have. So, we are finally back. Yeah, it's been a little bit, but um, uh, we made it there. (laughs) Yeah, finally. So Just in time for my birthday month. Exactly. So, I think you're pretty excited about that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, um, for your birthday month, we decided to kick it off with Tombstone. That was my... One of my first choices whenever you asked what movies I wanted to watch is like I immediately was like Tombstone. Yep. First off, Tombstone. That's it. Yes. The rest I'll figure out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I've got the synopsis here if you're okay. ready. A successful lawman's... Oh, and I got this from Internet Movie Database uh, as usual. A successful lawman's plans to retire anonymously in Tombstone, Arizona are disrupted by the, by the kind of outlaws he was famous for eliminating. Yes. Well, you ready to jump on in? Yep. All right, so we open up to... Kind of a quick history lesson on, you know, to get things started. Yeah, it's a a mix of what looks like actual old stock footage, kind of with your present-day actors kind of Mm -hmm. acting out their parts, but they've made that footage look just as old as the rest. Right. So they're going over the quick history of... Why Wyatt is moving to Tombstone. He's basically retired as a lawman, a law enforcer, and he's moving his family to Arizona because there's been rumors of silver being discovered in Arizona. So they figure, okay, this is going to be a place we can go to settle down. We can make some money and we'll just live on easy street basically right and they also mentioned that doc holiday you know is this southern gentleman but he's moved out to arizona because they're you know he's hoping that the warm weather will help him with his tuberculosis right which is actually interesting that's actually true he did have tuberculosis and he moved to first he was in dallas but in here this is different <laughs> So, we're sticking with the movie. Yeah. So, yes, Doc Holliday is in Arizona as well right. at the same time. Well, also, while all this is going on, there's a band of, well, basically, you know, what would be a modern-day gang. Yep. A group of outlaws. Texas called outlaws. Called the Cowboys. Yeah. I like to point out. Texas outlaws. That's exactly. right. Real rootin' tootin' Texas outlaws. That's right. <laughs> Yeehaw. And they, they call themselves the Cowboys. Yes. So, basically, they've been run out of town, more or less. Like, right. they're... No longer welcome in Texas, and so they're like, you know what? Let's band together, and yep. we'll just like run wherever we want to run, more or less. What it sounds like, which I would like to point out, I believe to me they are the original Bloods because we'll <laughs> yes. talk about it. But they all wear like these red sashes, right? That's how you can recognize <laughs> yeah, that, that they are in the group. Yeah, they have a red sash, and and according to this film, it's worn around their waist, right. tied, and it dangles. Yep. So it's like clearly visible. Exactly, you know who they are, and so to stay away. They were the original Bloods. I'm they they it were out there. they were, and the Earps were probably the Crips. I That's guess. right. <laughs> And so after we see, we get that little brief introduction, a little history lesson there. We open up with the uh, scene, a wedding is going on at the Spanish mission. Everybody's yep. happy. The There's... bride and groom are getting ready to walk out of the, the church and everything. Right. 
But at the same time... The cowboys show up. Yeah. And they show up, like you said, as the bride and groom are walking out. And, uh, like, once they see the cowboys all there, like, all of them stop. Right. And the first thing that's said is, you killed two cowboys. Yep. And after he throws, like, these red sashes and he says, you killed two cowboys. Right. And it's like, like, that's that's it. That's, like, just yeah. the introduction. Yep. So immediately after he does that, oh, they the start cowboys shooting pull out their up. guns and they just, yeah. They pretty much kill almost everybody in the wedding party. Well, it, but I believe the people in the wedding party, including the groom, I think they were also like lawmen. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think they were, uh, because here later on in the scene, they call them Mexican police. Yes. So I think they were actually like federales or, you right. know, I don't know what the term would be, but I right. think that's what they were. So at that point, yeah, they just start shooting everybody. Um, you know, everybody, you know, goes down pretty much, except for the bride and the groom, really. Right. And, well, and one of the, I guess it would be the priest also. Yeah, they left the priest alone for now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> so, but they, you know, they leave the bride and groom for a second, and... Um, they have somebody that's uh, translating for them, and right. they tell they tell the guy, "Hey, tell him to get on his knees." And so the guy does, and of course the the you know man doesn't, and so you know somebody ends up shooting him in the leg, so that yeah he gets down on his knees. Right. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> you know, at that point, I believe the priest shows up. Well, the priest was out there the whole time. Yeah. But while he is, after they disable that groom, yeah, the priest begins speaking to them in Spanish, right? And he's, you know, you know, basically, you think he's like cursing them out, or right? Whatever. Right. And uh, Curly Bill, the head of the cowboys, mm -hmm. says, you know, what what is he saying? And they have. Yeah. a Spanish-speaking cowboy with him. And he, like, translates. Like, he's like, well, he was talking about something like a sick horse who's gonna come and get us. He's like, I don't know. He's talking crazy. But it's funny, because one of the guys who isn't Spanish is like, your Spanish is almost as bad as your English. Right. His name is Johnny Ringo, and we find out mm -hmm. he's like... He's like the best gunman. Right, exactly. And he's like, yeah, he says, like, your, your Spanish is worse than your English. Yeah. And walks off. Yep. And, so uh, we never really did find out what the priest actually said. We do here in a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so at that point, the groom, like, curses them out. He's like, you know, you go to hell, you know. And Curly Bill's like, view first, and shoots yep. him. It kills him. And this is when some of the cowboys grab the bride and rush her into the mission. Right. You can kind you of You can assume... conclude what they are probably wanting to do from that. Right. And then from there, the cowboys sit down at what would have been the reception, like, dinner. Right, and know? just start feasting yeah. on what would have been the bride and groom's reception meal. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one of them, Billy, uh, Curly Bill, asked Johnny Ringo, was like, hey, what did that priest mean by a sick horse? And he's like, well, he didn't say that. He was right. quoting the Bible, Revelation. Right. He said, um, uh, oh, I'm skipping a part, which really isn't, like, super important. So Johnny Ringo, like, shoots the priest. Oh, yeah. The priest comes over and he's had it. He just starts cursing them out in Spanish, mm -hmm. I can only imagine. And his arms are flailing about and Johnny Ringo just shoots him. Yep. And this is when now we're at the point where Curly Bill's wanting the translation. Yeah. 
And Johnny Ringo says that's not what he said. He was quoting Revelation. Right. It's in the Bible. He said, And behold, I saw a pale horse, and the rider who sat upon him was death, and hell followed with him. Right. And you zoom in on Johnny Ringo's face, and this is where we kind of find the fade in to the next scene. Right. It's a very poignant scene. It is. <laughs> we find out we find out who hell is. Oh yes. And who death is, I mean. Yep. <laughs> And so now we're at the next scene um, after Ringo's famous little speech there. Right. And we see a train rolling into a station in Tucson, Arizona. And the first thing we see is Wyatt Earp steps off of the train. Yep. He's kind of looking around, taking it in. And one of the very first things he does when he gets off this train is he goes to rescue a horse. Yes. So there is a handler or somebody who is offloading a horse off of a cattle car. Right, and the horse horses, yeah. Yeah, he's being stubborn, doesn't want to get off, and so the handler starts hitting him with this whip or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, Wyatt immediately goes over there, snags the whip from him, and starts hitting him. (laughs) Right, it's like, dang, man. He's like, it hurts, doesn't it? It's like like you said, so... There's so many bitch slaps in this movie, it's ridiculous. The level, the... The level of mustache, of facial yes. grooming, and the bitch slapping in this movie is pretty much uh, amazing. I need to go back <laughs> on one thing. We were talking about mustaches. Yes. So the Spanish translator yes. from yes, the his earlier was... scene, his it was almost like he couldn't grow one, so he just had like these like little pieces like at the very end of his. It lip. was almost very like stereotypical of like the. Um, uh, I don't know if you remember um, Speedy Gonzalez yeah. or in the like Looney Tunes when they would draw like a Spanish character. <laughs> yeah. It was very stereotypical of the type of mustache they would give them. Right. Now, but anyway. I don't know. It was just, it's just funny. I thought it was. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, after that, obviously the handler, you know, takes off or whatever. And, right. you know, Wyatt grabs the horse. Well, as he's. Getting the horse, these two lawmen approach Wyatt right. Earp, and they basically are trying to offer him a job. Oh yeah, immediately right yeah. off the bat. And he tells them right away. He's like, "Look, he's like, I'm retired. I'm not doing that anymore." Yep. And you know, he's like, "I'm heading off to Tombstone, you know, to you know, strike it rich, basically." You know what's also like? So we were talking about the the mustaches and the the bee slaps. So, bee slaps. <laughs> yes. So another thing that we noticed throughout this movie is the number of bowler hats. Well, yeah. Like, I guess it was a very popular hat for that time period. I didn't do much research with that, but there are a lot of bowler hats in (laughs) this film. Most of the people that would wear them, I noticed were like, maybe they were wealthy. Right. Of some, you know, they had uh, money, basically. So, but anywho. Yeah, so he... Turns that job down. They, you know, they're like, well, you know, I've never met a rich man with a who didn't have a guilty conscience. And Wyatt's like, well, I already have a guilty conscience, so yep. I might as well be rich too. Exactly. And uh, they walk away, and he starts walking and stuff. And then that's whenever he sees his brothers who yep. we are introduced. So we've got Virgil, who's older, mm-hmm. and we have Morgan Earp, who's younger. So apparently, these are only the tip of the iceberg as far as siblings <laughs> yeah. go. Turns out Wyatt had like nine siblings, yeah. like some sisters, and I think another two or three brothers. Yeah, there was a lot of Erps. Yeah, there were a lot of Erps. <laughs> so Mama Erp had a lot of children. 
Well, because I was reading that actually um, he had, I think, some half-siblings. So I think Virgil That's and true. Morgan yeah. were his full brothers. But and there was a his step dad, brother in Well, there. his dad um, had married twice. And so that's the right, second yeah. wife was actually their mom. But yeah, that's true. That's anyway, right. So, you know, he, of course, you know, they're all excited to see each other. Oh, yeah. You know, they haven't seen each other in a long time. Right. And so we're introduced to them. And then we're also introduced first to uh, Morgan and Virgil's wives. Right. And, you know, they're, you know, giving each other hugs and just, you know, so, you know, happy to be with family again. Yep. And then we're introduced to Maddie Earp. Yes, she is addicted to opiates. Which they don't that comes up more later. later. Yeah. But she tells she tells Wyatt, she's like, Yeah, she's like, I couldn't find any, you know, the store didn't have any laudum. Yeah. And that's whenever he introduces because the brothers had, you know, and uh sister-in-laws hadn't you know never met her right and they're like you know um you can call her maddie mm-hmm. um because her name her real name had nothing to do with maddie but whatever no i maddie i guess was a uh, a nickname yeah but i i'm spacing what her real name was i actually looked that up yeah it's not important but yeah her like real name's not maddie that's no. just a nickname apparently <laughs> and so you know they start you know walking away and at one point, they're standing in front of a of a window. Cheesy. It, it was cheesy. It's I like, love okay. this movie, but there are times where, where I'm cheesy. like, I just this is this is not needed. I don't. Yeah. I didn't ask for this. They're standing in all all of them are standing in front of a window, and they're yeah. just you know the, soaking it in, soaking it in that like, they're oh together. Oh my gosh, look at us, we're a family now, and the, the wives are like, oh my goodness, we could be sisters. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a very cheesy moment. You know, and then they start walking away, and um, one of the wives says to Maddie, um, she's like, you know, I heard I heard that you were looking for a laudum, and she's like, yeah, you know, for headaches. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, well, she's like, I've got a bottle, and so she pulls it out and gives it to Maddie, and she's like, you know, but be careful with it. <laughs> it's full of hop, she calls it. Yeah. And so, you know, the brothers at that point have kind of left the wives behind them. And they're just talking about how, um, you know, that Doc Holliday is actually, you know, yeah. there as well. Virgil is not a fan of him. No. But Wyatt is. He's so like, they Wy- have a history together. They're like best friends, basically. Yeah. Well, and Wyatt is like, he makes me laugh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, Doc Holliday actually saved Wyatt Earp's life one right. time. Right. They don't touch on that in the film and talk about it. But right. It, historically, he did save Wyatt Earp's life, and that kind of was one of the things that cemented their like friendship together. Yeah, which makes sense. And so we we're introduced to Doc Holliday, basically. Yes. Yeah. So Doc is sitting there at a poker table, uh, and the game isn't exactly going great. <laughs> no, it's going great in his favor, but not the other guys. <laughs> yeah. So. But um. So, yeah, so we see Val Kimmer, who plays Doc Holliday. He's sitting at the poker table, and he's got his cards in his hand. And he's like, oh, you know, $500, you must have a peach of a hand. Yeah. And uh, the the guys on the other table, at their end of the table, they're getting frustrated. They're like, you know, are you going to call or what? You right. Know? They're just getting tired of his, well, his crap, basically. Right. And uh, ultimately, Doc goes ahead and calls he lays down his bet, and then he shows his cards, and he has, I don't know what he 
anything about poker, but he has a winning hand. Right. <laughs> and this is what sets off... Um, I forgot the guy's name, the character's name, but this is what sets this other guy off. He right. stands up and, you know, basically he's like, you know, nobody's as lucky as you are. Mm-hmm. And Doc Holliday is sitting back and he kind of taps his finger on his gun. He's like, well, I'll recross, you know, because I wouldn't be able to handle it if we couldn't be friends. Right. And uh, this kind of calms the guy down a little bit and he's like, you know what? You wouldn't be anything without your guns. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Doc kind of, you know, he pulls his guns out and points it at the dude. And then he sets his guns down on the table and he's like, there. Now we can be friends again. Right. And uh, the guy decides to go ahead and make a move and he lunges. And Doc, even though he doesn't have guns, he still is armed. He has a knife. Yep, stabs the guy. takes him down. I guess he kills him. I don't know. I don't think he killed him because I saw the guy still moving around. Well, that's true. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, he he uh, stabs the guy and then his uh, girlfriend who was also there. Right. She starts like literally clearing off the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All of his winnings from the poker game she shoves into a sack. But then they start taking other stuff around yeah, the area. It's like not just his winnings. And... On their way out, he just grabs, like, a bunch of money that's at one of the other tables mm-hmm. and just throws it in the bag, and he's like, well, good day, and they yeah. leave. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, I like it, though, because he, you know, she she mentions, you know, that the horses are outside and stuff, and he's like, oh, so that's why you're not wearing a bustle. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because earlier she sat on his lap, mm-hmm. and, you know, as part of his, like, um, um, stalling techniques he's like you know oh kate you're not wearing a bustle how lewd yeah and uh but and i also like so her the actress who plays kate kate is a hungarian and she has a very thick accent in Mm -hmm. other areas of the movie but for some reason right here the accent is almost (laughs) non-detectable yeah she sounds very american right I, i think that was probably maybe an error Somebody oh, must have overlooked it, and maybe. they just kind of, like, they send it through. It's like, oh, you know what? The yeah. movie's done. Just <laughs> leave it. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, they take off. And then you see, like, a brief scene of the Earps or whatever, and they're, yep. you know, heading to uh, Tombstone. Yes. And, Which, you know, that's crazy. traveling. So they, get, they, they ride on a train all the way to Tucson, Arizona. I right. didn't look up how far away Tombstone is from there. I can... Probably but look it up. then it's great that we live in a time with cars and airplanes. I know. After that long train ride, I don't know from where they were riding from, Kansas or Texas or what, they ride from there off of that train onto some covered wagons to Tombstone. So from Tucson to Tombstone, it's about an hour and nine minutes. But if you're, you know, if That's you think about it, <laughs> I know. And if you think about it, if you're, you know, on a horse and in a buggy and stuff. That's going to take a long time. Yeah, that's by not, horse? Yeah. So an hour and nine minutes, they must, maybe they're figuring that by highway. So that's yeah, exactly. 60 miles an hour. Um, it's 60 miles, maybe, maybe more than 60 miles. Right. But anywho, so they arrive into town and it's clear that the area is just like bustling. It's booming. Mm-hmm. You have, um, you see just all types of people. Oh, yeah. There's a woman marching down the streets with her banner. I think she's a, a, 
protesting so, yeah. equal pay. Yeah, equal she rights, wants equal pay. You know, women's suffrage basically. Yeah. And uh, and you see immigrants, you know, everywhere, people from all over the world. Right. Which, now that I think about it, would probably be a good marker of an area that's probably got money and opportunity. Because mm-hmm. an immigrant would go to an area where right. there'd be a lot of opportunity for them since they have... Yeah. Probably would have not much of anything exactly. or anything at all. Exactly. And so, you know, they're all excited. Morgan's like, hot damn, this bird is jumping. You know, yeah. he, he likes, you know, saying stuff like that. And... uh they come to a stop, and immediately we meet Sheriff Behan. Yeah. Who is pretty useless as a sheriff. He really is, yeah. He immediately approaches them and introduces himself. He's like, I'm Sheriff Behan. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, well, I'm Wyatt Earp. And like, oh, really? And he's like, well, I'm retired. Yeah. I'm here for <laughs> opportunity. And so now Sheriff Behan, so this man is an opportunist, I guess. Yeah. He, he says he is sheriff. He's on... He's on Several like, committees, one yeah. of which is the anti-Chinese party, nice. or something like that. Jeez, <laughs> like he's he's got his. He calls himself a man of many parts, which is true, right? And he's also on the town lot commission, which yeah. means he de- deals in real estate, right? This gets Herb's attention. Mm-hmm. Early up to this point, he was like wanting this guy to go, yeah, and just giving him short one-word answers and like you know wishing he would leave. Well, that's just it. So B and asks, you know, um, so do you have any place to stay? And he's like, No, we just got here. Yeah, I told you, you know. we just got here. Yeah, we just got here. Yeah, we're just like, Hey, man, shut up, leave yeah. me alone. We're unloading. But that's whenever being <laughs> offers he's like you know i've got these three i think he said cabins yeah, yeah yeah i've got you know three cabins we can have somebody you know show it to you and it's free of charge yeah is what he says so obviously wyatt at that point is very interesting oh yeah he's very you know? interesting he walks over like really yeah yeah <laughs> so you know that's happening yes yeah <laughs> so they've they've pretty much hit the ground running they immediately obtain lodging basically right and uh then we have another scene fade. And so now that we uh, we fade kind of into another scene where after discussing the Housing. lodging and stuff, yeah. they meet the town marshal, Fred White, mm-hmm. who then kind of gives them a little more info on the town right. and the cowboys present in the town. Yeah, he basically says, you know, that the cowboys are the ones running it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Because they're like, oh, we already met Sheriff Behan. He's like, Sheriff Behan, he's not a new law around yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Which is true. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, it's the cowboys that run everything. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's whenever he points out, you know, the, the guys that are standing over there, you'll know that, you know, you'll know that they're cowboys if they're wearing uh, the red right. um, scarves or whatever yep. that they are. <laughs> exactly. And so... Um, at that point, they want to know, you know, it's like, well, you know, it seems like everything's bustling and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you know, there's drinking, gambling, you know, there's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Apparently the saloons are really kind of the main money driving force in the right. town. And the cowboys are actually a good source of money because they all drink, they all gamble. Right. Exactly. Which is why they're still there. No one's run them off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because they, they're bringing in money. Yeah. Um, and then I think Wyatt at that point uh, asks like which of the saloons isn't or which of the um, casinos yeah. or not casinos, but well, it has a casino in it too. Yeah. Well, kind of a casino. It's a gambling hall in the in the saloon. <laughs> yeah, which it turns out the name of it is the Oriental, right? Because he notices that 
all the other saloons are just, you know, yeah. they're busy as all get out. But right. this one saloon, like, nobody's going in, nobody's mm-hmm. coming out of it, there's nobody around. Right. And then, then ugh, and then uh, White gives them the lowdown that, you know, yeah, the Orientals, you know, it's really nice and everything. He's like, but, you know, you don't make any money. Exactly. He's like, not even the high rollers are going there anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, the only people that go in there, are, um, I forget what he said. Um, basically it's just low lives that go there now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so at that point, Wyatt actually goes in there and you can kind of see his brothers kind of like, uh, yeah, there he goes again. <laughs> yeah. So he goes in there and, um, it's like literally the bartender and like one guy and the, like the dealer. Exactly. And that's like it. Yeah. And you can actually hear the guy that's playing or whatever, like, you know swearing and getting pissed off oh yeah he's cursing at the excuse me yeah he's cursing at the guy the customer who's playing Mm -hmm. pharaoh which pharaoh i'm trying to think i think i'm saying that correctly it's a card game yeah and um he's like you know if you pull another queen i'm gonna blow you right up that wild cat and then they will I don't know much about this card game in particular, <laughs> but typically it's all chance. It is. So he yeah. doesn't have control over what card he pulls. Right. <laughs> but um, Wyatt is speaking to uh, the bartender who's also the owner. Yep. And the owner is like, yeah, he's like, basically the only people that, you know, are coming in here are the drunks and the druggards. Yeah. And he's like, and then this guy. And he says, like, this guy is actually, like, run people off. Right. He's just a car dealer that, like, basically bullied his way into a job. Mm-hmm. He said he just showed up one day and just started bossing people around and never left. Yeah. And Wyatt's like, well, why don't you just get rid of him? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you think it's that easy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, like I said, you, you can hear the guy is becoming more and more irate. Oh, yeah. So finally, Wyatt walks over there. Yep. And uh, this is kind of a, this is one of the, one of my favorite scenes. In the yeah. Movie. There's a lot of them, to be honest with you. So you'll right. probably hear me say that a lot. <laughs> so Wyatt walks over and confronts this guy and he straight up tells him, you're in my chair. Yeah. And the dealer says, oh, is that a fact? And Wyatt responds, yes, it's a fact. Mm-hmm. And they have a exchanging of words. Basically, it becomes obvious that the dealer likes to play a tough guy, but he's not yeah, a tough guy when not. confronted with a real tough guy. Right. Like she said, like he gets... Oh, he gets bitch slapped three, three times. Three times. Yeah. And the third time he's bleeding from the mouth and Wyatt says, are you going to do something about it or are you just going to stand there and bleed? Yep. And he's like, I didn't think so. And grabs him by the ear. And takes tells away him, his don't gun. come back here anymore. Yes, and kicks him out. Like yep. literally kicks him out. Exactly. <laughs> so. Which one of my favorite lines from the scene, I, I glossed over it. Okay. And I'm not going to be able to do it justice because I'm not as cool, cool as Kurt Russell. Yeah. So this guy is threatening to shoot Wyatt at this point. And Kurt Russell's like, go ahead. This is... For those that are going to list, <laughs> listen, go ahead and get your laughing out now. Because yeah. you probably won't. He says, go ahead and skin it. Yeah. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this. you see Billy Bob Thornton, who's playing yeah. this dealer. He's starting to stammer and stutter. He's obviously getting really scared and nervous. Right. Because he's basically a little boy trying to be like a big man. Yeah. Almost. And then that's whenever he gets bitch slapped. Yeah, three times. <laughs> three times. Not once, not twice, but thrice. Yes, <laughs> exactly. 
So he kicks him out and he approaches the uh, bartender and he says, so what do you think? 25% of the house takes sound good? Yeah. And the dealer's like, okay. I know, right? So now they have both lodging and they have jobs. Yep. They're <laughs> Pharaoh card dealers at a Oriental at the Oriental. At the saloon. Yeah. And they get 25% of what the house takes. Right. Which is pretty good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we fade, we go from that, and we see Wyatt Earp has uh, joined his brothers on the street, and he's proudly announcing that he's acquired them a job. Yeah. <laughs> at a saloon. Yep. As Pharaoh car dealers. And uh, they're like, you know, oh, oh, Wyatt, you know, up to it as usual. Oh, yeah. And uh, right about here... You know, you hear them discussing, they're talking amongst themselves about their plan and what's mm-hmm. happening. But you see... Um, Johnny. Johnny. Who he just, you know, threw out. He, he literally he literally just kicked him out of the saloon. But he's marching through the street with a shotgun in his yep. hands. And he's on a mission. Oh, yeah. And just as he is about to reach Wyatt Earp and his brothers, you hear Doc Holliday call out Johnny's name. Yep. And he stops dead in his tracks, and he looks over, and he's like, Doc, I didn't know you were in town. Yeah. And uh, so Doc Holliday then is like, you know, um, he looks at Johnny, and he looks at Wyatt, and, you know, Wyatt and Doc, and like, oh, you know, they're... Wyatt and Doc are looking at each other like, oh, you know, it's good to see you. How are you mm-hmm. doing? Yeah, they just start and, having a regular conversation. Yeah. Meanwhile, Johnny's standing there with the shotgun. Yeah, exactly. He's just, just standing there like with a the shotgun. There, you know? And you hear him in the back, you know, later, eventually he goes, Wyatt Earp? Yeah. And so, you know, Wyatt kind of looks at Doc Holliday kind of like with a grin or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. And uh, Doc basically tells Johnny, he's like, well, he's like, you know, leave the gun. And he's like, and you can go now. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love what he said, too. Yeah. He's like, oh, Johnny, I'm sorry. I forgot you were there. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. He's like, leave the leave the shotgun and, you know, you can go. Yeah. And he actually does. He, he walks over and he's going to hand the shotgun to Wyatt. And Wyatt's like, no, leave it. Yeah. And so he lays it on the ground. He actually says, thank you. Yeah. As he, he walks, walks away. And that's the last you see of Billy Bob Thornton yes. in this movie. So. And so you hear... Um, so you kind of have uh, this discussion now between Doc and Wyatt, and just about this time, Sheriff Behan walks up. Yeah. And Wyatt's like, oh, Sheriff, have you met Doc Holliday? And Doc Holliday's like, <laughs> kind of does a little eye roll. Like, yeah. You know, forget you, Wyatt, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sheriff goes to shake his hand, and Doc Holliday's like, you know, forgive me if I don't shake hands. Yeah, exactly. And, um... They just basically have this conversation of he's trying to point out, you know, Behan is that, oh, you know, I think, you know, we'll be really, you know, cosmopolitan and, you know, things exactly. will be booming, you know, like San Francisco and, you know, some of these other places. Exactly. Because Doc is like, you know, well, isn't this just a little mining camp? Yeah. And like, oh, no, no, I don't see it as that at all. Right. You know, this could be just as big as San Francisco before long. Right. And then, you know, after he he mentions about Cosmopolitan and stuff, yes. all of a sudden from the saloon from across the way or whatever, you see these two guys and, like, there's gunshots and stuff oh, like yeah. that Oh, yeah, some guy off. stumbles out of the saloon. He falls to the ground. He's dead. Yeah. And another guy comes stumbling out with mm-hmm. a gun. 
And two other guys with guns come out. Yeah. And you hear somebody shouting out, don't raise your arm, don't raise your arm. Right. And the one guy raises his arm to fire a shot. Mm -hmm. And so the other guy with the gun, there's three guys with guns. The other guy with the gun shoots him dead. Yep. And you hear uh, Bach Holiday make the joke like, oh yes, this is very cosmopolitan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, but it turns out that they actually know the two guys that are right. alive or whatever. One of them is, uh, um... Wasn't one of them, like, Tex Vermilion? Yeah, Tex Vermilion, and then Cactus Jack was the other guy. Yeah. What he was called. Which always makes me think of Mick Foley. Sorry. <laughs> That's true. He did actually kind of look like Mick Foley <laughs> know, a little right? bit. Not completely. He had <laughs> quite a bit more teeth. Um... <laughs> but they're surprised to see Wyatt and... Doc Holliday. Exactly. <laughs> and so Doc Holliday's like, well, let me introduce a fellow pair of sophisticants. Yes. And introduces them by name. Right. They shake hands. And here comes the town marshal, Fred mm-hmm. White. He's like, I need your guns. Right. And they're like, one what, guy, what we did was legal. Yeah, it was a fair know. fight. It was in self-defense. He's like, no, I still need your guns. I yeah. have to present them before Judge Spicer. Yeah. Which is interesting. So this whole gunfight broke out because... Texas Jack Vermillion says he called me a liar. Mm-hmm. So apparently they were gambling. <laughs> right. One guy called Vermillion a liar. So now I and Vermillion was like either immediately shot the guy or a fight ensued and then a gunfight broke out. Yeah, I it's, don't it's know. crazy. Like that was the Wild West, though. Man, self defense laws were very <laughs> they interesting were. back then. I mean, if they were even laws, they it, were probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they were really. <laughs> it really, really was kind of wild. Yes. Um, I don't. Like you said many times in this movie, to be alive back then would have been both terrifying. I and, know. Well, just been pure terrifying. Yeah, I think I would have just stayed inside most of the time. Right? Only left if I had to. There's something going down in the streets of Tombstone almost every single day. And what do you see every time? People coming out of their houses, (laughs) out of the saloons, out of the hotel. Yeah. What's going on? A gunfight. Get back inside. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, so now um, we fade from this. And we cut now to the arrival of the actors. Well, yeah. the actress and the actor, really. Right. Um, it's quite an impressive arrival. They roll into town in this, you know, very colorful, very large stagecoach. Right. And they arrive, and it catches the attention of everybody, including the Earp brothers. Mm-hmm. Earp. Special- That's a hard thing to say Earp. in a sentence like that. Yes. <laughs> so it catches their attention. And like you said, especially Wyatt, yeah, who is just fixated on who we find out later on her name is Josephine. Mm-hmm. He's fixated on her as she exits the stagecoach, right? And she even notices him, yeah. And she's you know mentioning you know oh I wonder who that you know tall drink of water is, yeah. And the actor who's with her kind of leans over and gives this very um, vivid like yeah description I, mm-hmm. I won't do it justice so i won't try <laughs> <laughs> and uh she's like well i want one yeah and he's like well happy hunting yeah <laughs> and yeah they're just holding each other's gaze at that point exactly it's you know very you yeah know, telling of the future like exactly. oh they're gonna get together yeah um so we cut to later on that night 
and we see everybody at this at this uh, location, the Birdcage Theater. Right. All the cowboys are down ground level yep. to the floor seats. And they're, and they're all just, Loud yes. and jostling each other and just, Gosh. like, messing with each other. Very annoying. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, the Earp, all the Earp brothers and their wives are mm-hmm. all up in the balcony. They must have some money at this point mm-hmm. because those are not cheap seats. No. Back then, they would have been expensive, just like they are now. <laughs> right. And so, um, Wyatt and his wife ended up sitting with Doc Holliday and his uh, girlfriend, or whatever. Yeah, I think that is. I think she is just like a girlfriend or something. Yeah. I'm not sure if she's actually married to. Him. No, I don't think she was. And uh, so, actually, while they're up there, um, Fred White comes by and is like, "Hey, let me introduce you to Mayor So and So and his wife." Yeah. And the mayor opens it up immediately with. Wyatt, your reputation precedes you. May I? And he's like, I'm retired. Yeah. He just immediately (laughs) cuts him off, and that's that. Like, he could tell where this was going. Yeah. So they leave, and we go back down to ground level. And I I love this, because it's so funny. And uh, I like this part of the scene. You see Jason Priestley's character walking in, and I can't remember his name, the character's name. I can look it up. So Jason Priestley's character walks in, and he's very, he's dressed to the nines. Like, he's very um, well off, probably. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of money, and he enjoys to dress up. And a lot of the cowboys plays, are giving him... He plays Billy Breckenridge. Billy, that's what his name was. Yeah. And a lot of the cowboys were giving him crap. One of them, like, pinches his butt, and he's like, Come on, sit with me, sister boy. Yeah. And Curly Bill... Like, his one redeeming quality was, like, right. saving Billy from being I, harassed. That's true. He's like, no, 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 he's my friend. You, come sit with me. Right. And Billy's like, okay. He sits down and makes friends with Curly Bill yeah. from then on. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one good thing You're Curly right. Bill does the entire film. And so that's just it. So they're sitting there. Everybody's sitting there. You know, they're trying to enjoy the show. And then you got the freaking cowboys. Oh, they're being rambunctious. So, like, nobody can do anything because they'll shoot you, apparently. Right. Well, so the first act goes out there, and, he, and the guy is a juggler. Yes. And one of the cowboys is like, hey, I've seen this guy before. He juggles stuff. And then somebody immediately shoots yeah, at whatever the guy is holding yeah, that he's about to juggle. Like the little wooden whatever it is, like, explodes in the guy's hand. He's like, they're shooting at us. Yeah. They're shooting at us. And he, so he runs, runs off, off stage. Right. And then uh, Billy Zane's character comes out. Yes. And he, you know, is, I guess he was doing like a reading from a play. Yeah, I wrote it down. I don't really know much about this because I'm not like into um, plays, this sort of stuff. I am to a certain degree, but it has to be the right. Anywho, it's a speech from Henry V okay. called St. Crispensay. Okay. I think is what he said it was. So anywho, yeah. he Mr. Fabian, that's who he plays. Mr. Fabian. And so he walks out, and, you know, the cowboys, of course, you know, are giving him flack or whatever. Like, oh, that's the prettiest man I ever did see. (laughs) Yeah. And the guy, like, is wearing this robe at first, and he just throws it off, like, dramatically. They're like, woohoo! Yeah, he's wearing these, like, short pantaloons or whatever they're called. (laughs) And he, he goes, he, like, just goes into his thing, even after one of the cowboys fires a shot, and it hits this little fake podium that's Mm -hmm. sitting next to him. Well, and if you watch Billy, Billy's face is, I mean, he's just enamored with Mr. Fabian. Oh, yeah, Billy Billy has definitely got a crush on Mr. Fabian, for sure. And um, 
I forget what one of the cowboys asked him something and he said something like, you know, well, I think he's, you know, I think he's wonderful. Is yeah, what he said. yeah, exactly. And uh, so Billy Zane's character, Mr. Fabian, knocks it out of the park. Yep. He impresses the cowboys completely, even though I'm sure most of them have never even heard of no. Henry V. No. And, you know, they, they give him a standing ovation. He but, takes a bow and he leaves. Well, didn't they at that point start shooting off guns into the air? Yes. Yeah, I think they did. That was like their way of giving him a salute, which all I could think of is there There would be a couple of dead people. Right? Because those bullets have to come down. Yeah, they got to come down or they might hit something that will then fall down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was their way of giving him, you know, a standing ovation. Freaking goobers. And, and so, so, oh yeah, so next, the next act comes out, which right. is... Faust and the Deal with the Devil, I think is what it was called. Right. And it was like this dance type yeah, thing. Yeah, very pantomime Um, I don't know. I won't do it justice. I'm not into pantomime anyway. It's just <laughs> not my thing. Yeah. Um. So they, anyway, they do, you know, this really nice dance. It's very, everybody's like, well, what the hell? The cowboys. Yeah, what the like, hell was that? Yeah, what the hell is Which would have been my reaction. Like, yeah. I don't know what the heck this is. Exactly. And so... You know, they get to be about done, and Wyatt asks, he's like, hey, he's like, who played, uh, I think he asked who played the devil. Yeah, who was the devil? Because that was the only one, I guess, he hadn't figured out who that was yet. Because it was wearing, they were wearing a mask and everything. And so, you know, it was the end of the show, they're all taking their bows, and she removes the mask. Right. Turns out that it's Josephine who, again, he, he, you know, connects with her. They both are connecting. Yeah, he does the famous, you know, Wyatt Earp, you know, exclamation, oh, hell. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Wyatt says, you know, like, uh, well, I'll be, you know, I'll be damned or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And Doc Holliday, who has no filter and apparently... Mm -hmm. Has forgotten that Wyatt's wife is right there. Right. Says, well, if you're lucky, you just might. Yeah. And, you know, uh, then Maddie and Wyatt kind of look at each other and it's obvious mm -hmm. Wyatt has a thing for this woman for some reason. And so, you know, they're shown uh, leaving the theater and... Dude, I love Morgan. Morgan is, like, pure (laughs) and just, you know, he's awesome. Morgan is great. It's a shame. Yeah. You know, Spoiler alert, Morgan he, gets ambushed. He he is killed. killed. But anyway. If you don't know your history about Tombstone <laughs> and the Earps, then that was a surprise to you. But odds right. are you know. So Yeah, they're yeah, leaving they're the outside. theater. Exactly. And Morgan talks, you know, has this whole conversation about, you know, oh, you know, asking Wyatt, like, basically, you know, do you believe in God? Right. You know, what do you think happens when we die? We're talking about, yeah, afterlife and stuff like that. And he was like, I don't know. He's like, you know, I don't... Something, nothing, nothing. I don't, I don't know. know. And, you know, that's whenever Morgan's like, okay. He's like, well, I was reading a book, you know, on spirituality <laughs> and Virgil... <laughs> Virgil's funny. Yeah. <laughs> his reaction. Oh, here we go again. Exactly. I think he's heard this a few times. Right. And so it just kind of ends, the spirituality talk ends when Virgil's wife basically says that she's going to take him home and bang, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so Morgan finishes his, his little deal, talking about the whole light at the end of the tunnel and all that stuff. Right, right. And they're about to part ways, but Wyatt wants them to go back to the the Oriental so they can man the Pharaoh table. Right. And like you said... 
Virgil's wife basically says, no, he's mine tonight. Yeah. And uh, so Virgil and um, yeah. his wife leave. Yep. And Morgan and his wife part ways. Right. And now Wyatt is left with Maddie. And Wyatt's like, you know, I'm sorry, I gotta go. And she's like, well, I thought we would have, you know, some time together. She's like, you know, I want you to stay. Yeah. And he finally kind of gets the hint after arguing with her for a bit. And he's like, yeah. you know what, we, we can spend some time together. Right. But she's not feeling it anymore right. now. And they begin fighting. She starts dipping into her laudanum. Yep. It just, it escalates and they just fight right there and they... yeah part ways yeah she's like just go do what you want to do i don't care and yeah leaves. exactly and now we cut to the next scene um where we see wyatt and morgan at the oriental working they're working the game and it's actually playing out in their favor the people mm-hmm. who are playing the game uh have bet like some deeds to a mine yeah and the next thing you know they lose, and so, mm-hmm. you know, Wyatt and Morgan are like, hey, look at this, we own a mine now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just about then, in walks Doc, and Doc Holliday is talking to uh, Wyatt about what his future plans are with his right. wife and everything, and he's like, well, what would you do if she walked in here? Mm-hmm. And Wyatt's like, what do you mean? And Doc is like, you know who I'm talking about. Right. And he's giving him crap about being... Faithful to his wife, I guess, knowing that yeah. Wyatt is, seems to be developing this crush on mm-hmm. this new girl who came into town. And he and Wyatt mentions, he's like, well, he's like, I, you know, was no angel and neither was she talking about his current wife. Right. You know. He's like, but people can change. Right. You know, you, could, you have a past, but if you work at it, you can, yeah. you know, get better, basically, I think is right. what he's trying to say. And uh, right about that time... So Doc says, okay, well, I'll remember you said that. Mm -hmm. And just then, in walks Josephine. Right. And, you know, Wyatt's like, oh, great. Yeah. And, you know, the whole bar erupts in applause. And um, music starts to play. And in comes somebody. And they're dancing with Josephine. Right. She kind of, they do this weird little thing where they dance around the room from person to person. Mm -hmm. And she makes her way, dances towards Wyatt. They lock eyes, but yeah. Wyatt turns around and ignores her. Yep. And so Sheriff Behan comes in and takes the dance. And right. Doc's like, well, I stand corrected, sir. Mm-hmm. You are an oak. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the scene goes from there. The herbs make their way back to their table. And uh, they're going to start their game up. And there's somebody there getting an autograph. Yeah, he he gives Wyatt um, like a dollar bill or yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, it like yeah. And he, you know, he's like, hey, you know, can you please sign this? Uh, you know, my wife will never believe it. Right, exactly. So Wyatt takes it and he goes to sign it. And this is when Curly Bill, or whatever, shows up. Yep, he snags it and he's yep. like, Wyatt Earp. And mm-hmm. throws the bill back on the table. And in comes Ike Clanton, who is a real doofus. <laughs> he's a dingleberry. He is a very big dingleberry. <laughs> and he's like, so, Wyatt Earp, huh, from Kansas, Listen here, Mr. Kansas Law Dog. Law don't go around here. Nice. <laughs> Good job. I try. And uh, Curly Bill's like, you know, easy. You know, just take it easy there. And so Curly Bill starts kind of going back and forth with Wyatt a little bit. And here comes Johnny Ringo. Mm-hmm. And Wyatt's like, look, I'm retired. And Johnny Ringo looks at Doc and is like, what about you? Are you retired too? 
And he's like, no, he's like, I'm still in my prime. And Doc is sweating. Yeah. His he, eyes are bloodshot. And uh, he yeah. looks like he's dead. He's almost, yeah, he looks like he's almost dead. Johnny Ringo's like, yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is where you get, like, yet another famous scene from this mm-hmm. movie. The Johnny Ringo, Doc Holliday stand, bar standoff scene. Right. So at this point, Johnny Ringo pulls out his pistols and he starts showing his skills, basically. Right. The twirling and the, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so he starts doing that while everybody's watching. Well, first, and well, wait, first, don't they start talking to each other in Latin? They do. So okay, Doc Holliday says, no, you're fine. Doc Holliday says to his girlfriend, fiance, mm-hmm. whatever, Kate. So this is Johnny Ringo. They say he's the deadliest pistolier since um, uh, Billy the Kid. Not oh. Billy the Kid. Um, <laughs> Wild Bill. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, He's like, you know, what do you think? Should I hate him? And she's like, ah, you don't even know him. Right. And he's like, no, there's something about him that reminds him of me. So I think I hate him. Yeah. And he says something about Johnny Ringo in Latin. Right. Most likely an insult. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. And Johnny Ringo responds in Latin. Right. Then they have this kind of discussion back and forth in Latin. And he's like, so Doc Holliday then looks to Kate and says... That was Latin, dear. Mm-hmm. Johnny Ringo apparently is an educated man. Now I really hate him. Nice. And that this is what kicks off yeah. the gun show off right. scene. Right. And you so talked yeah, about. so Johnny Ringo pulls his guns out, and sure enough, does his twirling tricks. Yep. All that kind of stuff, and everybody's really impressed. And then I love it because Doc, he just takes yeah. the glass that he had, you know, that you know he had drank out of. And it's empty, and he starts doing twirling tricks with the you know glass. Oh yes, yeah. he he mimics. <laughs> oh like, yeah, big time. Move by move, what Johnny Ringo did, yep. and just mocks him with mm-hmm. the cup. And the bar kind of halfway explodes in laughter. Everybody kind of realizes what he did, but nobody's really sure if they should be laughing well, at it. And that's just it. If you look at Morgan and Wyatt, they look kind of nervous. Kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. how is this going to go down? Oh, yeah. Wyatt, actually, he has a shotgun mounted underneath yep. his table. Yep. Table. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> I'm watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to channel uh, Doc Holliday. Mm. So he's got a shotgun mounted underneath his table. And yes. He's got his hand on it, ready to go. Like, yeah. he doesn't know what's going to happen, but he's going to try to stop mm-hmm. it if it goes south. Right. So, they do that whole thing with the cups, and Johnny Ringo and Curly Bill just kind of laugh it off. Like, you know what? Forget it. Mm-hmm. They walk over to the bar. Curly Bill throws dollar bills in the air and is like, drinks are on me. Yeah. And the whole bar just erupts in yep. applause and everybody goes back to partying and right. having a good time. And the scene cuts from there. We're actually going to skip this whole thing because it's just, <laughs> in my personal humble opinion, it's pointless. It, I, the... I get what they're doing, but I, it's annoying. So, okay, I can set it up just real quick. So Wyatt's out on his horse riding around. He sees Josephine on her horse. They approach each other. The His horse kind of goes after the other horse, and he's like, oh, your horse is in season. Which, surprise, surprise, so are they interested in each other. 
my horse wants your horse. I want you. I it's know, all right? very telling and it's all very yeah. setting up this and whole love thingy. Right. And so from there, they start chasing after each other on the horses. Meh. It's long. And you're the birthday boy. You can skip it if you want. All right. <laughs> and I guess we should touch a little bit on some of the conversation. So at the end of the whole horse riding thing, they do end up in this like clearing and stuff and they're sitting down and talking and they're trying to kind of figure out she's trying to figure out mainly yeah. what he wants out of life and he's like you know basically you said what is this 20 questions i know she asks <laughs> like all these questions like oh you know are you happy yeah and he's like well he's like yeah i guess i'm happy you yeah know? he's like you know i want i want kids i want this i want that and she's like that doesn't suit you and he's yeah. like what do you know what i want he's yeah like, i'm me i know what i want right and he's like yeah he's like you know i want a family and kids yeah and she, then he's like, well, what do you want? Yeah. And she says that she wants room service. Exactly. And she wants she she wants room service, and she basically wants to be able to pick up and go and do whatever she wants. Yeah. And, you know, have fun. Which, I'm not going to lie, sounds like fun, but it sure ain't realistic. No. <laughs> no. That, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, they just have, like, that conversation. And, yep. You know, she's kind of also trying to figure out, okay, what's really the relationship between you and the wife? Exactly, because she does kind of straight up ask, you know, who's that blonde woman, your wife? Mm -hmm. And she, just the things she says and the way she looks at him and stuff is like kind of little subtle hints of like, you know, yeah, I'm with Sheriff Behan, but I kind of really wish yeah. I was with you, sort of. Thing. Well, and and Wyatt even asks, like, why are you even with Behan? Yeah. Anyway. And she goes, well, you know, he's handsome and, you know, he's charming and, right. you know, he'll do for now is what she says. Exactly. And then that's whenever she's talking about how, you know, oh, you know, I guess if that doesn't make me a lady, she's like, you know, I'm, you know, I love men or whatever. So. Right. And he's talking about how, you know, well, he's like, you know, you're definitely a, a lady kind of thing exactly because you know, that her doesn't views. make me ladylike then yeah. you know i guess i'm not a lady because like the way she basically the way she is um like for lack of a better behaving right you know, i'm not saying that well, like, back oh then, you're behaving badly but the way she's behaving the way she's in a relationship she goes from relationship to relationship well that was just not conventional and the way then, she lives sure. exactly yeah. it's not the norm the no. norm was you get married you have kids right and you raise your family. Yep. That was, you know, your role as a woman was right. to have a family. That was exactly. It, basically. Yep. And she kind of fucked that. Yep. And now we cut to the next scene where we see Wyatt returning home after his right. romp in the woods with Josephine. <laughs> Not romp. They didn't have sex. It was a romp. They were romping. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, um, you could hear him coming and his wife, who's clearly high. <laughs> yes. Immediately. She did a very bad job, by the way, yeah. trying to hide that laudanum Yeah. Bottle. She's like, oh, you know, so she's trying to hide it. And when Wyatt gets in, he knows. Oh, yeah. He like... Yeah, he. it was basically like a little kid trying to mm -hmm. hide like a chocolate milk or something they weren't supposed <laughs> right? to have. And so he just starts talking to her and basically talking about, you know, the things that he had talked about with Josephine. Exactly. In terms of, you know, um, like, hey, you know what? We've made enough money. Let's, you know, pull up stakes and just like leave and, 
you know, we could just live on room service. And she, you know, starts to, like, laugh all highly, like... Oh, yeah, she thinks it's hysterical. Yeah, she's like, Wyatt, she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, you know... And he's like, you know, nothing, it was just a crazy thought I had, Mm -hmm. I guess. And this scene fades, kind of focused on Wyatt, who's laying back in bed. And he's not happy. Yeah, he's all You can tell he's not happy now. He's a... He's a... He's a bummed a little boy yes um <laughs> so now we fade from that scene and we see uh meanwhile we have a bar scene now right so it cuts to a bunch of the cowboys are drunk in the bar and doc holiday is there and he's playing, playing on the piano yeah he's playing <laughs> a piece from by frederick chopin and um you see um Actually, this isn't happening meanwhile. This must have been later that evening or I some think of the time. I think so, yeah. Because Wyatt was there. Yeah, it was later. Yeah, or so like Wyatt's the manning the pharaoh table. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so um, Thomas Hayden Church's character, Billy Clanton, comes He'll always over. be Lowell to me. L- Lowell walks over. <laughs> <laughs> From Wings. If you haven't watched Wings, check it out. It you was should a good watch 90s Wings. sitcom. It's funny. Uh, Lowell, Thomas Hayden Church wasn't in that... <laughs> series as long as i thought he was yeah but anywho um so lowell walks over <laughs> no we'll call him by his character billy clanton walks over <laughs> and starts giving doc flack mm-hmm. you know basically wanting him to play stephen foster like camp town races and yeah. stuff like that and uh, he's like you know stephen stinking foster and this is the famous line right from doc holiday no this is frederick effing chopin yeah and we cut from that, and we see Curly Bill is in an opium den. Right. Several guys are in there. They're all high. And Curly Bill gets up, and he decides he's just going to wander the streets. Yeah. And in the middle of wandering the streets, he now he's decides he's going to start shoot his gun. Yeah. And the useless sheriff comes barging into the bar where right. Fred White is and tells him of what's going on and somebody's like well why don't you take care of it right he's like i'm a sheriff this is this isn't a county matter this is a town matter this is this should be for the marshal and and wyatt looks at fred is like look why can't you just ignore it till he goes yeah to sleep or until he stops and he's like no i gotta do something right so fred goes out there and he goes to try to disarm Curly Bill, right. who looks like he's actually giving up his guns, mm-hmm. but he's not. He flips one of them around yeah. just as he's about to hand it over and shoots Fred. Right in the and chest. And he falls down dead. Yeah. Meanwhile, I want to point out that both Bean and Josephine yep. saw it happen. They, they saw the whole thing happen. This comes into play later. Yeah. Wyatt comes out and... He walks over and he, there's a lot of this happening too. Yeah. He wraps Curly Bill on top of the head with the butt of his gun and knocks him down. The cowboys all coming out like fire ants out of a hill and they surround them. Right. And they're like, you know, let him go, let him go. And Wyatt's like, no. So Ike Clanton comes up and approaches Wyatt and he's like, you know, you better let him go. And Wyatt, you know, another famous scene. Yeah. Points the gun at Ike's like head. right in his, like, yeah. forehead. And he's like, no, you know, you need to leave. Yep. And this begins the famous standoff between mm-hmm. Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and the rest of the Cowboys. 
Well, because the know, cowboys keep, you know, closing in. They keep closing in, and, and Doc Holliday comes up and yeah. tries to help out. And this is when I, uh, Billy Clinton is like, oh, he's drunk. He can't hit anything anyway. Right. And this is the famous line from Doc. is like, mm-hmm. well, I have two guns, one for each of you. Yeah. And uh, I don't feel like I can do this scene justice by <laughs> repeating <laughs> any of these lines. They were so well delivered. Yeah. So, long story short, the day is saved by Virgil and Morgan. Right. They come running out of nowhere. Virgil has a shotgun. He fires it into the air. Yep. And distracts everybody. And then they level their weapons at the cowboys and finally scare them all off. Right. And they go leave in and Ike's like, you know, this isn't over. We'll we'll see you later. I'll mm-hmm. see you later. Yep. And uh, the scene fades from there with the sheriff going, huh, never a dull moment in Tombstone. <laughs> yeah. You useless piece of garbage. I know. You literally don't do anything as a sheriff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so true. Um, and now we fade from that whole the standoff in the middle of the street. In the next scene, we see several weeks have passed. Yeah. And our brothers, they're all playing pool in the pool hall. And they're talking about the case. Right. Turns out what happened was once Judge Spicer came back to town, he dismissed the case because there weren't any witnesses. Freaking Josephine and Behan apparently didn't step up. They didn't even come forward. So because when Wyatt was asked if he witnessed the shooting, he said no. Right. By the time I already got there, Fred White had been shot. Right. And the only person out there besides him was Curly Bill. Right. Which Logic would dictate, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But anywho, there were Spicer basically said, you know, if there wasn't a witness to the murder, you have no murder. Yeah, which the guy's dead and was shot. Yeah, but I guess whatever. Seems like a murder. So yeah. I know it's circumstantial evidence at this point now, <laughs> right? But it seems you can connect the dots pretty easily in this <laughs> <Exactly>. case. <laughs> so anyway, so that's why Curly Bill is set free. Exactly. And they're all frustrated and angry about it, but Wyatt says, "You know what? It's not my problem. It's mm-hmm. none of my business." Right. But we see, you know, while Morgan is like all hot and he's excited, he's like, "Man, I love this game. We should put billiard rooms in all of our houses." And Yeah. You see Virgil's kind of starting to have a conflict of conscience. Right. He's Kind of taking shots and trying to ignore some of Wyatt and Morgan's celebrating and Mm -hmm. their talks of money. And right about then, the mayor for Tombstone walks in and he, one last try, trying to get them to enlist... Well, this time he's more interested in Virgil and Morgan because he knows Wyatt. Yeah, that's true, because he knows Wyatt is just, he's a lost cause. Yeah. And Virgil kind of, he keeps... He holds the line a little bit, and he's like, you know, I'm trying to play a game here. Right. And the mayor gets his little dig in. He's like, you know what? It's a good thing you guys are making money, but while you're making money, decent people in this town are suffering, but right. don't let me bother you. Right. And walks out. Yep. And this is kind of what, it's irking Virgil, and he leaves, and he's walking the street. And while he's walking the street, some cowboys, of course, come rolling through on their horses, shooting guns, chasing people. And he ends up and, saving a little boy who yeah. went to go get his ball that had gone into the street. Yeah, he almost got trampled to death. Right. But if not for Virgil, he would have been killed. Right. He saves the little boy and gives the little boy back to his mom. 
And then he looks at her face, and she's got a massive scar running right. down her face across her eye. Like, she'd probably been beaten mm-hmm. or something at some point. Right. And you can kind of tell that this is about all that Virgil can handle. Right. So the next thing you see is somebody is tacking up a sign, a new city ordinance saying yep. no it guns. is illegal. Yeah. Unlawful to carry a firearm within town limits, city yep. limits. Um, and the whole town is in an uproar mm-hmm. because up until this point, they could carry a firearm openly, oh, yeah. freely, in any building, all in the streets, all they wanted. Yep. But Virgil's trying to make his case. He's like, look, no one's telling you can't own a gun. No one's saying you can't even carry a gun. You just can't carry a gun in town. Right. He's like, that's not so bad, is it? Yeah. And right about this time, <laughs> here comes Wyatt. Yep. And Wyatt drags both his brothers. Yeah, because he's like, what the hell like, are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? You're ruining the plan. Right. And Virgil's like, look, I can't do this anymore. Right. I'm walking the streets and I'm looking these people in the eye and they're suffering and I'm making money off of their suffering. Right. We can't do this. It's not right. And so now Wyatt turns to Morgan and tries to plead his case with Morgan. Tells him, look, you know, you don't know what it's like to take a life, but I do. And I'm telling you, you don't want to know what it's like. Right. And Morgan kind of stands there. He looks to his brother Virgil. And looks back at Wyatt, and he's kind of like, you know, Virgil said, yeah. <laughs> you know, sort of the look on his face is like, we well, gotta do it. I think they kind of both flashed, like, to show, like, yeah. we're deputized now. Yeah, yeah. And um, so Wyatt takes his guns off. He's like, all right, fine. It's your rule. You're yep. the deputies. Here, have them. Yep. You know, have fun. And um, the scene fades from that, and now we see uh, that Doc is been playing poker for Morgan says 36 hours straight. Yeah, he definitely does not look good. No, he does at not. At all. And Morgan's like, look, you know, I've been trying to get him to stop, but he won't do anything that I tell him to do. And Wyatt's like, he, yeah, he can't won't. get him to do anything. Right. And so Wyatt walks over there and she's like, hey man, you know, look, why don't you just kind of you look like you're having a good hand. Why don't you just go home and take a rest or whatever? Yeah. And Wyatt's Doc's like, no. Um, he's like, you know, I haven't even begun to defile myself is the actual line. <laughs> nice. Um, so we see he's playing poker with Ike mm-hmm. and another cowboy. Yep. And Doc wins yet again. Right. And apparently, so Ike says that was 17 hands in a Damn. row. Damn, yeah. Which, that is ridiculous. <laughs> that like, is ridiculous. Who is really that lucky? Exactly. Like, I kind of wonder if maybe Doc was cheating. I know. At that game. It wouldn't surprise me. And so, you know, Ike immediately, you know, obviously becomes enraged. Yeah. Stands up and he wants to basically beat the tar out of Doc right. or kill him, more or less. Right. And this is when Virgil, the other new deputy steps mm-hmm. in Virgil and Morgan kind of they surround Ike like look you're drunk why don't you go home and Ike starts just verbally berating mm-hmm. Virgil like you know calling him a pimp he's calling him this that and he's like you know I see what it is you know you're just in on it you're in on the whole thing Virgil's right. like I'm not in on anything there's nothing to be in on 
But Ike's not listening to it. Ike actually begins to like threaten Virgil. He's like, you know, we'll just cut your heart out. We'll do this. We'll do that. And uh, Virgil loses it. He's like, you know, nobody's going to threaten me. And he starts to like manhandle Ike and he looks like he's going to start beating him. Right. So Wyatt steps in. He's like, look, Virgil, why don't you go out, Mm -hmm. go get some air, cool down. And he tells the bartender, you know, give them their guns, get them out of here. Yeah. And uh, so the bartender begins to give them their weapons back because they had to turn them in. Yeah, because of the ordinance. Exactly. Yeah. So he gives them their weapons back, and they're beginning to leave, but right about this time, Doc begins to get up because he's like, he sees the party's over, so he's Mm going to go elsewhere. But whenever he gets up, you can, he starts coughing and coughing, and you can see some blood. Right. And stuff like that. And he like dabs his lip or Mm -hmm. whatever. And Kate's like, you know, are you okay? And he's like, oh, I'm right as the mill. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you're not, bud. Right? <laughs> he collapses on the ground, and everybody rushes to help him. Wyatt and Morgan and Wyatt's like, you know, we got to get him back to the hotel. Pick him up. And so while they're walking out, there's Ike. He's getting his weapons, and he's complaining to the bartender about how everybody's out to get them. Right. And the bartender's like, nobody's out to get you, Ike. Just go home. Mm-hmm. And here comes, yeah. here comes slap number umpteen million. I don't know. At least number, like, five total, I think. Yeah, I think so. Ike, Ike just backhands the bartender. Yeah, he does. He almost falls down and everything. And he's like, I'm not going to be talked back by a bartender, you know. And he starts making threats to the Earp brothers too. He's like, if I see them on the street, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna shoot him down. And he cocks his gun. And right about that time, Virgil walks in. Right. Here's the whole rant, and <laughs> picks out his gun. Virgil wraps yep. Ike on the Pistol back of the head, in the back. knocks yeah, the him head. out. You know, gives concussion number twenty-five, I guess. Right. And uh, picks him up and carts him off to jail. And so now we cut to this next scene where after the Earp brothers have carried uh, Doc off back to his hotel and Virgil has carried Ike off to the jail, right? Uh, we see Wyatt goes back home to his wife Maddie and he finds her stash of laudanum bottles. Dude, like, there's like 50 bottles in there. Dude, like... <laughs> I. You I gotta guess be better at throwing she, stuff away. I guess she didn't think... I don't know, but it's like, yeah... If somebody had an addiction like that, you'd think they'd do a better job of hiding it. <laughs> right. But then again, maybe if you have an addiction like that, you don't think about That's hiding it. That's true, too. But, yeah, he finds a drawer full of empty, empty, mind you, laudanum bottles, and he, like, grabs a handful of them in both hands. He's like, yeah. what are these? Yeah. And she's like, you know, I need it. And he's like, you don't need that stuff. And she's like, yes, I do. I need it to keep me warm because you won't come... She, the, this yeah, kicks she... off a big fight between them because of Josephine. Right. And his apparent um, attraction to her. Right. Oh, excuse me. And she tells him, she's like, you know what? She's like, you go you go to her in front of me and you tell her that she means nothing and that she's dirt. Right, right. And his facial expression and the way he won't mm-hmm. say anything kind of says that he won't and yeah, can't do exactly. it. exactly. Which tells her, obviously, right. it's over, basically, yep. between them. Yep. They don't split up at that point, but it's basically over between them. Mm-hmm. And she excuses herself. She's like, just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And she walks, goes off to... Um, wherever. To wherever. Yeah. 
And so it's supposed to be the next day, and two of the cowboys come to the jail to pick up Ike. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, they're, you know, carrying him out, and they're like, you know, okay, give us back his weapons. And they're like, no, not until he's sober enough. Right. And uh, the one guy is like, you know, basically, who do you think you are? Yeah, just because you wear that badge doesn't make you right. It's like, well, Kinda. makes him an enforcer of the law. Yeah. So as long as he's enforcing the law, yes, it does. So, yeah, as they're, <laughs> as they're dragging Ike out, um, Wyatt actually bumps into the one guy. Yeah. And, you know... Wyatt apologizes and he calls, you know, he's like, sorry, kid, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, take it easy, kid, or what? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I'm, I won't, I'm not easy and I'm not your kid. Yeah. He's like, I'll fight you right now. And he pulls his jacket back to reveal his gun. And Wyatt immediately <laughs> takes the gun and pistol whips him in the back of the head. Pistol whip number 10. I know, right? Seriously. <laughs> or something like that. And so, you know, at that point, you know, the guy gets onto his horse to, like, leave. And they, they, uh, the cowboys all basically say the same thing. Like, we're coming for you. Yeah, yeah, you've got a fight coming to you today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. And we cut from that scene um, to Doc, Doc Holliday. Yep. He's being visited by... The doctor. The doctor. And he's telling him, look, you have, basically, you've lost 60% of your lung capacity tissue something and he's asking well how long basically how long do i have and he's like i don't know he's like it could be two years could be two days we don't know he's like and that's if you stop all this exactly yeah you gotta stop the drinking the smoking and you know your whole lifestyle, basically. And I didn't even catch it until, and, like, well, just this time we watched it. Because Kate was outside listening. Yeah. And he, the doctor, even told him, which makes sense, that you need to abstain from yeah. sexual, you know. Because he tells him, you must deny yourself your marital pleasures or marital... Yeah. Marital something. He put it in a very nice way. Yeah, basically you know, don't bang. Don't do this because your lungs... And your heart are probably not capable of That's true. the strain. <laughs> That's true. So. Um, um, and at that point, after, uh, actually, uh, Doc tells the doctor to, like, leave. Yeah, yeah. He He's, basically tells him, he doesn't, like, tell him off. He's like, well, you know, you can go now. Yeah. And at that point, Kate walks in. Right. And Doc Holliday's like, look, we need to discuss... Our relationship, yeah, basically. the nature of our association. Yeah, he called that's it. what he said. <laughs> but they need to discuss, and he wants probably was about to try to break up with. Yeah, her. for sure. But she pulls the "I'm gonna play with your D" card. Oh yeah, she totally and, like. Yeah. So she's like, "Aren't I a good woman?" You know, she starts really talking it up real good and starts playing with his ding. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, the camera fades. Well, puts a cigarette in his mouth too, and which he was also told to stop smoking. Exactly, all the things he's supposed to stop doing, mm-hmm. she's encouraging very heavily. Yeah, and she fades out of camera view to Bang. kind of give you the idea of what she wants to do. Yeah, and he's like, "Yes, you are a good woman, but then again, you might also be the Antichrist." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. And after the scene with Doc Holliday and his doctor, our next scene we see are the Earps standing outside of the um, sheriff office. Yeah. <laughs> and the cowboys are arriving in town. Yeah. Well, not arriving. They're there already. But they're starting to kind of circle around the area. And they're just like, good Lord, now there's six of them. And uh, Virgil's like, this is, you know, this 
this is like a bad dream. Right. And uh, Wyatt's response is like, well, you know, just keep your head and, you know, don't do anything crazy and I'm sure it'll be fine. But it's all the same. Maybe you should just swear me in just in case. Mm-hmm. So they go ahead and swear Wyatt in as deputy. Yep. The next thing we see is he's going home and there's his wife laying in bed doing Hi. her opium thing. And... Wyatt just kind of takes his coat off and... You see the badge. Yeah, and she doesn't ask anything about the badge. I'd be like, hey, what, what, yeah, what's, what's up that? with the badge, badgy thingy there? Yeah. What, what do you think you're doing there? Right. <laughs> but he goes and he obtains his pistol. It says Wyatt Earp on the yep. handle. It's custom with a little placard on it, a little plate and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's go time. Stuff's about to go down. It is. Go time, suckle. And, uh, (laughs) so next we see Wyatt goes back and joins his brothers and Wyatt's leaned back in a chair and the brothers are kind of pacing around looking and the mayor comes up and he's like, they're all holed up at the okay corral and they've been telling everybody in town they're going to clean you out. Right. And Wyatt's like, thanks mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for this bit of good news. And just about then... Doc Holliday comes down and like he's kind of got like the walk and the talk oh, of yeah. somebody like I've gone I've been gone for one day. I know. What the <laughs> heck is going on, I people? Know. What are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> and uh he's you know, he says, you know, I I'm hearing up in my hotel room people are telling me that the the Clantons and the so and so's they're talking about taking all of us out. Right. What's going on? Right. And Wyatt's trying to just kind of calm him down, like, look, we've got it under control. And He basically know, tells him, don't, you know, you don't have to yeah. put yourself in this. Yeah, you don't have to do this. And Doc Holliday takes offense. Like, yeah. That's a hell of a thing for you to say to me. Right. Because, like, they've been best friends for a while. And they've been together, been, you know, they've been through some stuff. Right. Um, Doc's like, you know, that's a hell of a thing for you to say to me. And, um... Wyatt's kind of like looks at Virgil and is like, all right, fine. You know, it's your call. What do you want to do? You want to just give him a gun? Yeah. You know, because if he's on the street with us, maybe they'll less likely to do something stupid. Right. So they, so Virgil does. Yeah, give him a hands gun. him the shotgun. Mm-hmm. And our next thing is you see the Earp Brothers and Doc Holliday, mm-hmm. the famous scene. Yep. They're walking through town. Everybody is coming fire. out of their, you know, houses for yep. some reason. Yeah. Yeah, like you said earlier, it's like there's bad stuff going down. Yeah. And it even happens today. There's something bad going down. What do people do? They come out That's of their true homes. Too. They come out of the businesses and they're like, ooh. Yeah. What's this? It's Only like, these days people have cell phones and they hold them up in the air and record the whole that's thing. That's true. Like crazy people. Never mind the fact in this case that bullets ricochet and, you know, exactly. stuff happens. A- exactly. <laughs> you know, you got people pointing guns willy-nilly just firing all in all directions. It's like, right. that bullet is not necessarily going to go the direction he intended it to go. So exactly. you might want to leave. So yeah, so we've now got the famous standoff. Yes. So they reach the OK Corral and... Instantly, somebody decides, um, the cowboy decides to go for their gun. They don't draw it. No. And Virgil's like, no, don't do it. We don't want this. Right. And everybody freezes. Everybody kind of puts their hand on their firearm. 
And Doc shrugs off his jacket, and he's got his shotgun ready. Mm-hmm. And everybody's, like, locking eyes. They're all analyzing, looking at each other, trying to figure out what to do. And Doc, like, locks eyes with Billy Clanton and yep. winks at him. Yep. And that kicks the whole thing off. Yeah, so based, we'll just keep this part short. So bang, bang, boom, boom. Um, crash, crash. Yeah. Glass shattering. Wood so, splintering. Yeah. <laughs> so basically everybody gets shot except for Ike. Yes, Ike is Ike runs basically up. the lone survivor. Well, he's the lone the survivor side. because he he you know runs up to them and is like, "I don't have a gun," and they tell him to get out, you know, get out of the way, basically, exactly. while they're shooting. Ike is always kind of like the he's a tough guy in talk only, mm-hmm. but when it comes to action, he's he's just a coward. So what he does though is because they're right by this building mm-hmm. where. Freaking what's her name? Josephine's getting these pictures taken. Which is funny. She's she's having like lewd photos taken. Basically. Yeah. She's wearing this very sheer like fabric thing, and you can't see anything. But no. She's supposed to be nude. Right. Um, well, so anyway, so Ike opens the door and throws himself in there while all these you know shots yeah, she, are like, going covers off. Up. She's like, "Don't look." I'm yeah. Like, You're having the photos taken. <laughs> I know. What does it matter if he sees you? <laughs> but Ike ends up grabbing the gun of the photographer or whatever. Right. And he, you know, kind of stumbles, you know, he breaks the window. Right, and, and he starts shooting at the Starts herbs. shooting. And at one point, uh, Morgan gets shot um, in the shoulder, right? Correct. I yeah. believe he was shot in the shoulder and Virgil looked shot like he leg. was shot in the leg. Yeah. And they both go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doc Holliday's basically he's he's unloading his pistol. Yeah. Both of them. At yep. Ike. Yep. Until Ike finally gives up and runs away. Finally. Yeah. Ike runs away. Meanwhile, everybody else is dead. Everyone else is dead. There's one last cowboy who's still alive, and Doc levels his pistol, fires, but there's nothing left. Yeah. And the guy's like, "I finally got you. I finally got you." And this is actually something that he actually said in real life. Doc said, well, you're a daisy if you do. Yep. And, and then... Oh, go ahead. Well, and then Morgan, who's on the ground, you know, in pain. Right. He levels his pistol in the air. Shoots. Doc fires, hits the cowboy, like, looks like in the shoulder area Right, or but something. Morgan got him straight in the head. Yeah. And down he went. Yeah. That was it. All the cowboys but Ike were yep. dead. Well, there's other cowboys elsewhere. But yeah, those well, were the cowboys there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were other cowboys, but we're yeah. concerned with these cowboys. Right. <laughs> and the scene basically ends with, you know, everybody, you know, they're, the wives actually come to help both Virgil right. and Morgan. Right. So they show up and they kind of help help them out of the way. Right. Josephine locks eyes with mm-hmm. Wyatt. She's of like course. doing her whole, you know, oh, I love you, smile. Yeah. And around that time, here comes Maddie around the corner. Right. Sees what's happening between mm-hmm. Wyatt and um, Josephine. Right. So, you know, of course, obviously that cement's even stronger in her yeah. mind. It's and, over. And the scene basically ends, though, with uh, uh, with Wyatt telling the mayor, well, I guess we did our good deed for the day. Yeah, and the mayor is definitely displeased. No. This was not a good thing to happen. No. I mean, it's it's a famous gun battle. It is something that happened that everybody basically knows about. Right. But when you boil it right down, that was not a good no, thing No, that's to not happen. what he wanted. Yeah. Ideally, what sh- should have happened but didn't was they you just know, would have them. given up and taken their guns and taken them into custody. Right. 
But anywho. Yeah. You know, that's neither here nor there. Yep. Back to the movie. Yep. So Sorry, folks. I ramble a lot. <laughs> I turn this podcast probably into three times longer than what the actual <laughs> movie is. <laughs> so Just bear with me. So what do we have for the next scene? Funeral procession for the cowboys that were all killed at the OK Corral. Rosy ass cheeks. <laughs> their rosy cheeks and their glass covered yep. coffins. Definitely uh, something they did back then. Oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, they you see Billy Clanton. Um, I forget the others' names. They're all being carted through the streets of Tombstone with other cowboys holding a sign, a big banner that says, says "Murdered in the streets of Tombstone." Yeah. That's a bit much. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they were the bad guys. They right. were definitely, yeah. Anywho. So, yeah, as they're so, being marched through the streets, you've got uh, Wyatt and you've got uh, Morgan that are sitting outside watching watching that happen. Yep. And this is where you find out, like, Morgan, his conscience is getting to him. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know? shoot, normal people, for sure, I would imagine. Right. Because he's like... Wyatt, you're right. It's like nothing like I thought it would be. I thought it would be different than that. Right. I wish now it never happened. And, yep. And Wyatt's like, you know what? I do too. It's yeah. okay. You know? Yeah. Um, And uh, we go to the next scene. Yep. Which is, I guess, the next day or several days. It's daytime now. Mm-hmm. And you see, <laughs> I guess they're just like doling out deputy badges right? like candy. So yeah. Billy Barrington... The uh, guy who kind of befriended Curly Bill and became yeah. sort of friends with the Cowboys, he's a deputy. He's got a star on his <laughs> yeah. chest and everything. And they're walking through the streets and, and uh, they like accidentally bump into him and, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, or whatever. Sorry, Billy. He's like, it's deputy to you. I know. And they were my friends, you know, talking about the yeah. Cowboys. Like, geez, sorry. Easy there, right? Buddy. And, uh, so Billy walks off in a huff, and Johnny Ringo comes stumbling out and from he's, somewhere. Yeah, he's just, drunk for sure. Yeah, just plastered. And he starts picking a fight with Wyatt, and Wyatt's like, it's not worth it, there's no money in it, I don't want to fight you. Yeah. And Ringo's like, well, you've got to fight, so, you know, let's go. Aren't you, like, what are you, afraid to play for blood or what? Mm-hmm. And this is when Doc Holliday steps in, because he's like, says if the, he won't, I will. He's, well, that's whenever he says the famous line, I'm your huckleberry. Right, exactly. Yep. And he's holding a pistol behind his back, hiding it from Johnny, who mm-hmm. doesn't know that. And, uh... Um, Johnny Ringo's like, uh, oh, fight's not with you. And he's like, well, you know, I'll play for blood. That's just my game, sir. Right. And, uh, Johnny's like, all right, fine, let's go. And just about that time, you see Curly Bill and several other cowboys yeah. realize what's about to happen. Yeah, they stop So they him. grab Johnny and like, no, no, now's not the time. Like, right. just hold on. And he gets rushed and carted off and... Uh, Johnny Ringo, like, it's kind of telling what's going to happen to him later, actually. Yeah. He, like, he breaks free and he stumbles and he falls into a bunch of coffins that are, like, (laughs) leaned up against the the mortician's building. Right. Um, And Curly Bill's like, God dang, you know, as soon as as Johnny Ringo's running this outfit, there ain't no telling what's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, uh... So Doc Holliday, he's like, mission accomplished. He stopped it mm-hmm. or whatever. 
He just kind of stretches and just nonchalantly sits back down in the barber chair and props his feet up. And he's like, Barber, you may proceed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the barber walks over and is like, yes, sir. And starts you know. kind of doing the whole thing with the right. soap thing. Yeah. And so now we kind of enter... This is where some stuff really starts finally going down. Oh, yeah. So our next scene, we see Sheriff Behan is walking in. There's a big lightning storm going on outside. Very mm-hmm. ominous. He walks in to um, Josephine, and he tells her, Look, you know, I've seen a lot of tough guys come and go out of here, but right. you'll be happy to know after tonight there's going to be one person in charge of Tombstone, and you're going to know him. Yeah. And uh, she kind of like looks at him like, you know, what is that supposed to mean, basically? Right. And um, we cut from there, and we see the, the Earp brothers, they're kind of all just together in the empty saloon. They're just kind of playing cards together and yeah, winding down, and Virgil decides that it's time for him to leave. Mm-hmm. He needs to go home. Right. So he kind of take, takes his leave or whatever, you know, they all say goodbye. You know, everyone tells him, you know, hey, wear a coat, you know, it's yeah. cold out there. And uh, while he's walking out, you know, there's lightning and thunder everywhere, and he kind of stops, and he's looking around, thinks, thinks, bleh, keeps thinking he's hearing stuff. Well, we fade, cut real quick to the wives, and they're all together, and they're playing tarot cards. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's like, you know, there's a death card, there's this card, and she's all like, oh my, oh no, that's no good. And somebody's like, you know, can't we just play, like, a fun game? <laughs> yeah, a regular <laughs> card game. Yeah. And so, just about that time, there's a knock at their door. And they're expecting Virgil. Exactly. But it's Josephine. Yeah, and she comes running in, and she's like, you know, I'm so sorry. She's like, but I think that something bad is going to happen. Right. She's like, you know, so-and-so, Sheriff Behan, you know, is telling me all this stuff. And just about that time, there's like a shadowy figure walking across their porch through the window. Right. And another knock at the door. And then and again, it's like, oh, it must be Virgil. Right. So they open the door, and all of a sudden, all these gunshots start going yeah. off inside this the house. This dude just like bursts into the doorway, and he like, like freaking unloads his shotgun into the house. And then the wives, after that happens, they're just like sitting there chilling. I'd yeah. be freaking the I'd F out. I'd be freaking that. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, they're like just kind of standing around and looking at each other and like, oh, what was that all about? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but I sure would like to kind of like go freak out somewhere right exactly. now. <laughs> and so, you know. Um, and we... We kind of cut back away from them, and we see the brothers, Wyatt and Morgan, they're still kind of at the saloon. Mm -hmm. They're starting to wind it down a little bit, getting ready to go, and in walks Virgil. And they're like, oh, would you forget something, Virgil? And he just kind of collapses collapses. on the bar top and falls to the ground with, like, blood and stuff all over his arm. All over his arm, yeah. And, um... The next scene is pretty much, you know, they're showing Virgil and he's like laying on a couch or something like that. Right. And the doctor's trying to get the bullet out of his arm. Right. And, you know, he's obviously screaming and the wife is holding him and everything. Yeah. And and Wyatt decides to take this time to do the I told you so's. Well. It's like, you know, I told you this would happen. You know, why why didn't you listen to me? Exactly. This is not the time for this. Well, right now. and that's what the wife basically says. She's like, he doesn't want to talk to you, Wyatt. Right, and like basically try. She basically tells him to get the heck out. Yeah, get out. 
And uh, it was right about this time that they learned that Virgil's going to use lose the use of his arm because right. of this. Right. Apparently, it's just too deep and it's severed too much. Mm-hmm. So that obviously is a blow to everybody. Yeah. And Morgan loses it. He runs out of the house mm-hmm. and just runs off into the night. Basically, it's like that's right. a bad decision. Yeah. Look at what's just happened. <laughs> right. Your wife's just told you they almost got shot. Right. Clearly somebody's after you. Yeah. But Morgan runs off and um, Wyatt is kind of left there kind of trying to patch things up, but they're wanting him to go. Yeah. Um, so he, Wyatt finally concedes he leaves and Wyatt bumps into a McMaster and... The Tex guy. The Vermilion guy and the yeah. Cactus guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Runs into them. And uh, McMaster's like, look, you know, I heard what they did to your wives. You know, after tonight, you know, I'm done. I'm done. And he actually takes off the red scarf and hands it to Wyatt. Yeah, exactly. And Wyatt's like, well, what about, like, being brothers or whatever to the bone or whatever? Yeah. So he tells him... He's like, no, 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 I didn't have any part in that. You know, this is this is it. Consider this my, you know, yeah. retirement, basically, from <laughs> right. the Cowboys. So they write off and leave. And as they're leaving, they tell them, if you need anything, just tell us mm-hmm. and we'll help you. Yep. And they leave. And while Wyatt is standing there, he hears, like, what sounds like, I guess, a gunshot mixed with, like, a clap of thunder. Mm-hmm. So he kind of starts walking off in that direction. And he ends up dropping, actually, the red... Exactly. Scarf. Well, what happened is Morgan was blowing off steam at the pool hall, and yeah. he was playing billiards, and he got shot. And that in the was back. the gunshot. Yep. And uh, he collapsed, trying to get his pistol and stuff, trying to get you know fight mm-hmm. whoever that was, but he collapsed to the ground. Right. And the next scene from there, this is so very very chaotic. It is. The next <laughs> scene from there. We see Morgan is being operated on by the same doctor. Right. And he's trying to get the bullet. He's trying to save, but it's not. Meanwhile, you got the wife who's obviously screaming and scared and upset. Right. You've also got a dog barking. And Wyatt says a couple of times, you know, get her out of here and And get this damn, you know, shut this damn (laughs) dog up and that kind of stuff. Exactly. And so, yeah, it's not looking good for Morgan and he's laying there. And he's like, you know, telling uh, Wyatt, he's like, you know, they got me good, brother. Right. And, you know, don't let them get you too and stuff. Yeah. And then he also tells him, like, you're the one, you know. Yep. And, um, and my favorite part was like, he's like, you know what I, what I said about dying, how you see a, a bright light? Oh. <laughs> he's like, well, he's like, all I see right now is darkness. Yeah. And then, yeah, he dies yeah sad and uh you know cue the screaming wife comes in oh yeah yeah she comes in Wyatt walks out he's literally got his brother's blood on his hands right so he's you know looking at his hands kind of in shock right and you know at this point it's pouring rain oh yeah well he walks outside there's people freaking everywhere oh yeah while it's pouring down rain while it's pouring down rain 
And he's just standing out in the middle of the, the street area looking at his hands. And at this point, Josephine comes running towards him and he tells her, get away from me. Right, exactly. You know, go, you know, don't be near me. Yeah, another, another of those, this is not the time situation. Yeah. <laughs> so she runs off in the other direction and then his wife comes toward him mm-hmm. and just kind of stares at him and then turns her back on him and walks away. Yep. So... Yep. A lot of stuff happens. Very dramatic scene. Yeah. Very dramatic. Yes. It is your stereotypical, why scene. I know, seriously, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't collapse to his knees. I, I really almost expect that every single time <laughs> I watch this movie. Even though like, I expect it. him to just fall to his knees and like hands in the air screaming, why? why? <laughs> nice. But, um, and so that... It ends with that, that whole chaotic, just craziness. Well, it doesn't end. Well, no, but goes the scene on to is the over next with scene, that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's over, folks. Yeah, the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now to pick what we're going to rate it. Yes. <laughs> and now, after all these events and everything take place, we find our, uh, our brothers are getting ready to leave town. Um,. Wyatt is strapping down the casket that's carrying Morgan. Yep. And Virgil is... With his bum-ass arm. <laughs> with his bum arm. And the wives in the other wagon. So, I mean, I guess, you know, you had to do it. You had to do it. But yeah, he's got one good arm, man. <laughs> yeah. That's going to make driving a wagon pretty tough. It's like, really? One of the wives couldn't have done it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Probably could have. You know. Growing up that time period, I'm pretty sure they probably would have learned right. how to handle a horse at some point right and so well the cowboys are all sitting outside watching this yeah exactly and uh so they they kind of start to leave town but then they stop like right in front of the cowboys and why it's like you know i just want you to let you know it's over it's over yep and you know this is the famous you know curly bill's like well bye Bye. (laughs) (laughs) and um he cracks a little um, Johnny Ringo actually says, you know, you smell that? It smells like something died. Yeah. And, you know, Curly Bill's like, good lord, come on, Ringo. I know, right? And, uh, Wyatt's just kind of sitting there, and he doesn't say anything for the longest time, and finally he just kind of takes off, mm-hmm. and Virgil follows in right behind. Right. And, uh, Curly Bill gets up and goes over to Ike and tells him, you know, I want you to take Stillwell yep. and finish it. Yep. So we cut from this, and we see Doc Holiday, and he is getting his horse all saddled up and loading up his, you know, and whatever. And Kate's upset. Yeah, she's pissed. She's, she's like, like, you know, how can you do this to me? She's like, you know, what what is it about Wyatt that, you know, drives, drives you know, you to him so much? Right, exactly. And his, his response to that was like, you know, well, if I call him, if I call myself his friend, then what good is that if whenever he needs me i'm not there for him right basically and she's like but i'm your woman like well how can you leave me like if you leave me where does that leave me and he said without a meal ticket i <laughs> suppose kind of true it's kind of true i mean they were basically kind of like partners in crime mm-hmm. and uh, but he was did all the work right and without him she was he really left nothing. her he left her savage though because at that point he just takes off on his horse <laughs> he did and i he's guess they're broken on, up so. yeah he's like sitting on his horse and he's like well do you have any parting words for me as i ride off into the sunset yeah and he looks down she's not saying anything he's like i calculate not and he just takes off yeah man. and that's the end <laughs> of them so 
yeah, he really did kind of just like, <laughs> it was it. Like, he cut the cord, like yeah. hardcore. Yep. And uh, so he, you just see him riding off. There's some sunset shots of like, you know, the yeah. wagons and stuff riding around. And then next thing we see is the train station and there's the train getting ready to leave. Right. Well, you see Ike and Stillwell there. And Ike's like, you know, there's Virgil with the wives. Mm-hmm. He's mine. And then the other guy calls out like, hey, Maddie, where's Wyatt? And Wyatt is actually standing on the train platform behind him. And he's like, them. right behind you. And he shoots him. He's like, he doesn't even give them no. time to react. He shoots the one guy like dead. Yep. And Ike, you know, in true Ike fashion, <laughs> right? just throws everything down, falls to the ground, and, you know, gives up. Well, right about this time, here comes Doc Holliday and the other guys, Vermilion, Cactus, yeah. and Doc. Yep. <laughs> they they yeah. McMasters come up, and Wyatt walks up, you know, to uh, Ike, who's on the ground, and he's got, like, his spurs mm-hmm. and stuff still on this his boots. This was so cool. And he, like, kicks, you know, he takes Ike's face and, like, brings his cheek up, and then he, like, takes his spur and, like, cuts Ike's face with his spur. Yeah. And it's like, ah, suck it. I know, right? <laughs> Take that. That's what you get. <laughs> exactly. And um, and this is the famous, one of the many famous lines. See, this is exactly what I said earlier. I have a lot of favorite scenes <laughs> in this film. This is yet another one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Um, So Wyatt levels his shotgun and tells him, hey, you know, you go ahead and you run and you tell everybody else calls him a cur tell all the other curs that i'm coming yeah and hell's coming with me yep and you know again i can't do it justice i'm not <laughs> as cool as kurt russell kurt russell or <laughs> val kilmer or um um virgil yeah the that actor yep i can't deliver these things as cool as they do right but you get the gist of it yes and so we go to the next scene. we go to the next scene now and oh, go ahead. This sorry. is pretty much these next couple of scenes. It's pretty much Wyatt's revenge. Exactly. So like, it's mostly Wyatt and his new crew of dudes. <laughs> the dude crew. The dude crew. <laughs> you know, shooting up a bunch of cowboys. Exactly. I mean, it's just one scene after another. Yeah, it's like a whole bunch of like you know, they 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 meet a bunch of guys in the bar, and they shoot up cowboys there. And, like, one of my favorite, another favorite line of mine of Doc Holliday's is one of these scenes where they meet the cowboys that is in the brothel. Well, wasn't it Bill, Curly Bill, that was there? Um, no, Curly Bill comes later. This oh. was somebody else. It looked like Curly Bill. It kind of did, but it wasn't him. It was, um, uh... Doesn't they, matter. They bust in and, you know, McMasters or somebody's like, you know, stop, don't move. And Doc Holliday's like, no, please, by all means, move. Yeah. <laughs> so there was that death, and then another one of my favorites was they show up at an opium den, and there's a guy yep. who thinks he's grabbing onto an opium pipe to put in his mouth. It's actually a gun. Yeah, and then all it's you White see is, gun. All you see is just, you know, Wyatt shooting him. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, another one, you know, you see them hanging these two guys from their red scarves. Right, the Dragoon Saloon or whatever it was called. Yeah, whatever it was called. And um, uh, it, aside from those, you know, those little highlights, it's basically just riding the frontier and they're like shooting yeah. any cowboy they come across. Exactly. Um, and this, that whole montage stops at this next scene. 
And so now this next scene is uh, actually, this actually happened too. We can touch that later. Okay. Um, so this next scene is by a creekside. Wyatt Earp and the rest of the guys are pinned down because there's Curly Bill and several other cowboys shooting on the other side of the creek shooting exactly and so they they're all pinned down and each buddy everybody is looking to Wyatt like hey what kind of plan you got to get out of this one exactly and something happened must have like snapped or something with Wyatt because he just gets up Mm -hmm. and somehow miraculously he's not hit by anything right and he just walks wades into the middle of the creek with his shotgun and Curly Bill is he like is like this is my opportunity. He's yeah, mine. Exactly. He gets up, goes to the creek, and he's firing at Wyatt, trying to hit him. Somehow he misses him. Meanwhile, the whole time Wyatt's saying no, yeah, no, yeah, no, like exactly. over and over again. And like on the last like no, you know, he levels the no! shotgun. <laughs> yes, just just almost as good as the why. Yeah. <laughs> Instead like, of the why moment, we had the no, no! moment. Johnny, no! Yes. You can't take it that speed. Yes. <laughs> and so, Independence Day for anybody. Um, he levels his shotgun and just empties both barrels into Curly Bill, killing yep. him. Yep. The rest of the cowboys are just absolutely just like dumbfounded. And then they realize, oh shoot, we gotta do something. Well, and he drops the shotgun in the water and yeah. then he pulls out his pistols and starts shooting at more cowboys. Yeah. And this gives them the upper hand, Wyatt and his posse, his yep. his dudes. His dudes. His his gaggle of dudes. Yes. They join in and finally they get the upper hand, killing several cowboys. The rest of them escape and just retreat off into, you know, wherever they came from. Right. And after the gun battle is over, everybody is laying down, they're kinda camped out, relaxing. And they're all like, you know, where's Wyatt at? And Doc's like, oh, he's down by the creek walking on water. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, they kind of, nobody really finds that super funny. They're like, well, we hope he's got more miracles up his sleeve. Exactly. Because if we know Johnny Ringo and the rest of them, they're going to come after us now. Right. And uh, they, they kind of start grilling Doc, like, you know, why are you even doing this for anyway? And he said, he's my friend. Yeah. And like, like my one... response, too, would be like, hell, I got lots of friends. Well, that's what that one guy said. <laughs> he's like, I got lots of friends, but, yeah. you know, I wouldn't go off and do this. Exactly. But Doc is like, well, I don't. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Wyatt must be his only friend, I right. guess. That's what I think, too. Yeah. Um, which then he starts to kind of clarify, like, why he's doing this. It's like, mm. well... They're like, well, you know, if, if I was in Wyatt's shoes, I guess I'd want revenge, too. And Doc Holly's like, no, this isn't about revenge. This is about a reckoning. Right. Like, basically, he wants these people to be brought to justice for what they've done, not just for Morgan, but for everybody. All right. the laws and people that they've killed along the way. Exactly. And so now we get to our next scene. We find that uh, Mr. Fabian has been shot and killed, actually. Right. And he was actually in the carriage along with uh, Josephine. Exactly. So their stagecoach, like, comes upon, I guess it's an encampment of cowboys or something. Um, There's Sheriff Behan there and a bunch of other people who are apparently deputies and now they're working with... (laughs) I don't know. Including Deputy Billy. I guess... Yeah, Deputy (laughs) Billy. So... I think what you can kind of conclude from this 
is basically Sheriff Behan is like basically on the take with the cowboys. Yeah. Like they're all working together now so they can like run the town. But mm-hmm. first they got to take care of Wyatt and his family or something. Right. So they find out that Fabian has been killed and Josephine really gives them a piece of their she, mind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. She's like, you know, they're like, oh my God, is that, you know, Mr. Fabian? And she's like, well, what do you care? Right, exactly. And she like, mentioned, was, yeah. you know, well, she mentions how it happened. So, um, you know, they were, she was asked for her watch. Right. And when Fabian, you know, Mr. Fabian said no and called them basically cowards, right. that's whenever he was killed. Yep. And so. uh, this is when Billy, Billy uh, Breckenridge, yes. Deputy Billy. Yeah, Deputy <laughs> Billy. He walks over and he, you know, he, he grabs Fabian's hand and stuff and squeezes it and he decides that he's like done with the cowboys now at this yep. point. You know, he gets on his horse and like, he's like, you know, this is, you know, this is too much. I can't do this. This yeah. is wrong. You know, we have to have some law and order. Right. And he rides away. And Sheriff Behan at first is like, no, Billy, come back. But <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's Billy. He's yeah. like, I mean, no offense, but he's a pipsqueak. He's yeah. a little guy. Yeah. But you're not losing anything by him. That's In fact, true. you're actually gaining something by him leaving. <laughs> right. But yeah, and that's what Ringo says. Like, let him go. Just, just let him go. We've got other stuff to do. So the stagecoach leaves and Ringo like rounds up the posse and they all leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see that the um, um, we see that Wyatt and his guys are up on a hilltop and they're like a good distance away, but yeah. good enough to like use a spyglass or whatever. And like right. they're seeing Ringo and everybody else and like gosh, you know, there's, there's 30, like thirty people with yeah. them. We have to like find somewhere to go and. Meanwhile, well, the problem is, meanwhile, Doc is sitting on his horse, he's coughing, there's, you know, he's got blood coming out. Exactly. And he ends up falling over on his horse and they catch him. Exactly. And like you said, it's like, yeah, we got to find some place. Exactly. So he's like, you know, there's basically, there's like a ranch nearby, I think, that Wyatt knows of. Yep. And so they go to this ranch... And here comes Moses. Yeah, I call him Moses. <laughs> played by it, the guy's played by Charles. It's Charles Dustin, Dustin, so. but he played Moses. It's one of his famous four. Yeah. So anywho, so here comes Moses. Here comes Charlton Heston. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he offers them, the, you know. Yes. So yeah, he offers them lodging. He's like, look, as long as it's just for tonight, you know, you and your guys can stay here, mm-hmm. and your let your guy kind of rest and see what happens basically right and so they you know they tell him you know they appreciate it and uh they get doc there and doc is just in bad shape he's like shaking he's got chills he you know can't stop shaking and stuff and uh charles and heston i think his name is uh would you say that he had chills and they were multiplying they were multiplying (laughs) yes it was almost electrifying yes (laughs) Perhaps a little electrifying. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was a good one. I, like I that. know. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Henry Booker, he's the ranch owner. He's like, well, your friend is in pretty bad shape. You know, it, it, it doesn't look like he's going to really make it very much. And they kind of walk out and they leave. And it turns out that Josie, you know, Josephine, her stagecoach has arrived. Right. And, you know, small world, basically. 
all the reason she's there is really because their horses need water. Mm-hmm. So the horses are drinking and they're kind of everybody's refueling up and resting. And this is where Wyatt and Josephine kind of have their, you know, makeup moment. He's apologizing for telling her to get away from him. You She's know, like, I screaming. forgave you as soon as you said it. Blech, you had yeah, me at hello. Blech. Yeah, right? Cheesy. So, and so they make up and Josephine, it's, it's kind of time for her to go. Everybody's ready. And Wyatt kind of tells her, hey, you know, basically they leave with like, you know, maybe one day we'll meet again sort of thing. You right. Know? And it's not goodbye, it's see you later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. And his name is Henry Hooker, not Booker. Oh, I thought it was Booker for no, some it's reason. Hooker. Oh. Whoopsies. Like TJ Hooker, but Sorry. not really. Sorry, Moses. Yeah. <laughs> Get it right. Get it right, doggone it. So she leaves, and um, now we see that McMaster has been sent... He's either been sent as like maybe like a not a spy, but to maybe work out some sort of terms, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But he has arrived at the Cowboys camp and he's kind of talking with Ringo and Ringo's like, Look, you know, we'll take you back. Yeah. You know, all you gotta do is just say you're done with Wyatt and just, you know, come back and you know, we could be one big happy family again. <laughs> yeah. And McMaster's like, no, I, you know, I've, after seeing what you guys are doing, what you're capable of, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Right. And it looks like he's ready to start getting ready to leave. And of course, here comes Ike, the great big little mm-hmm. loser. And he's got a shotgun. He's like, you know, well, how are you supposed to get back? You yeah. Know? And he puts it in his face. And it scene cuts from that to back at the ranch you see Wyatt and the other guys on the porch yeah and you see this horse riding up and it's dragging something behind it and they're like well what the hell is that yeah like well you know your buddy went somewhere and he hadn't come back yet I'm guessing Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what it was it was they you know the guy cuts the the package you know McMaster's body loose and he's you know up on the hill is like Johnny Ringo wanted to make sure we got your attention you know and he he issues a challenge, you know, at 7 p.m. by the Big Oak somewhere, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> you know, like, that's how you gave directions back yeah, then. Yeah, that's true. Over yonder by the Big Oak. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's, you know, Wyatt's I'll be big there. moment. I'll be there. You tell them I'm coming. Ah, I'll be there. I'll be there and you'll be square. For you. <laughs> I'll be, yes. Yes. <laughs> Good Lord, I should not have tried that. Yeah. So... We go that to the is, next scene. That is that, and we come to the next scene. And so now our next scene, after the challenge has been issued, uh, we see that Ringo is kind of pacing back and forth in this clearing, and he's approached by one of his goons. Yeah. It's just Ike. Tells Ike, hey, you know, once I'm finished with Wyatt, you take some of the other guys, and you go finish off the rest of the guys at that ranch and burn right. it down. Yep. And Ike's like, oh, he ain't even going to show anyway. Mm-hmm. And Ringo's like, just do it. Right. And so Ike leaves and we cut back to um, Wyatt, who is with Doc. And he's laying in bed and he's just talking to Doc about the challenge that's been issued with Ringo. And he's telling Doc, look, you know, all I can think about is how when it was with Curly Bill, I didn't have time to think. And with this one, I have time to think. 
and he's like, you know, what what is what is Johnny Ringo's deal anyway? Basically, he's trying to figure out Johnny Ringo, and Doc Holliday tells him, look, Johnny Ringo, his type is he's got a hole in the middle of him, and he can't fill it no matter how much he steals, no matter how much he lies, cheats, or kills, it'll never be filled. And he's just mad at the world. And why it's like, mad at the world for what? Right. Why? And he's like, for being born. And this is when Wyatt says, I can't beat him, can I? And Doc Holliday just kind of shakes his head. No. Yeah. You can't. Right. And uh, Doc Holliday says, I'm coming with you. And he kind of tries to get up out of bed, and he falls back down and just starts going into a coughing fit. And he's, you know, apologizing. Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't make it. I can't get out of bed. And Wyatt's like, it's fine. Don't worry. You know, just stay here. And I'll do what I have to do, basically. So, while Doc is laying in bed and Wyatt's about to leave, Doc, you know, calls out to Wyatt and is like, what's it like to wear a badge like that? And so Wyatt takes the badge off his shirt and, you know, he gives it to Doc Holiday, and and um, the scene kind of cuts from there. And so, well, now we next, our next scene is Wyatt has left the ranch and he's telling the Cactus Jack guy and yeah. he's telling, um, I forget who the other guy's name is now, Vermilion, I think, he's telling them, you know, as soon as you start hearing shots ringing out, you need to go here and do this. Right. You know, you need to go take care of this stuff because if it goes south, you know, they're going to come after Doc and they're going to come after the ranch. Mm-hmm. And if I make it, then we've got to hurry up and you know, go here. Right. And they're, you know, they, they part ways, you know, Cactus Jack is like, you know, I don't have, you know, any words right now. And Wyatt's like, well, neither do I. Yeah. And they just kind of, (laughs) they kind of part ways as best they can, basically. Right. And this is when Wyatt is given instructions by some goons standing in the background you know, walk a quarter mile up that hill and he's over by a big oak tree. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. A big oak tree. Yeah, thanks. Keep that in mind. Right. So we cut from there and now we see where Ringo is kind of pacing back and forth by this tree. He's in this clearing. And then he a sound catches his attention and he turns around and you see a figure walking in, kind of walking into view, but his mm-hmm. head is down. Right. Um, and he's kind of walking towards uh, Johnny Ringo, and Johnny Ringo's like, I didn't think you'd come. I didn't think you had it in in you. And this is when the figure raises his head, and he looks up to uh, Johnny, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm your Huckleberry, you yeah. know? <laughs> and uh, Johnny's like, fight's not with you, Lunger. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doc Holliday's response is like, oh, by all, you know, I beg to differ. You right. know, we started the game. We never got to finish. Yeah. You know, you remember Play for Blood? And Johnny Ringo's like, oh, I was just fun and I wasn't yeah, serious. Yeah, I was just kidding. Yeah. And uh, Doc Holliday's like, well, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, Johnny Ringo, you can tell he's like, you know, really kind of scared and nervous and he's thinking it over. But finally, he reluctantly agrees. He's like, all right, fine, let's do this. Right. And uh, Doc Holliday, you know, he takes his position, you know, he pulls his coat back to expose his gun and whatnot, and, you know, oh, and also he showed the badge to Ringo, yeah. he's like, this time it's nice and legal, too. Right, right. <laughs> and um, 
So they take their positions and they kind of they start circling each other or whatever. And uh, the famous line from uh, Val Kilmer here is like, "Go ahead and say when." Yep. You know, or just say when. And uh, they take you know it feels like you know basically you're watching a movie it feels like forever it's like <laughs> right. they're just like watching each other. And then finally, you know, Johnny goes after his gun and begins to draw it. But then Doc Holliday draws his gun yep. and shoots Ringo, actually shoots him in the head. Yeah. And But it doesn't kill him instantly. Mm-mm. He's still kind of like Te- alive, teetering. I guess. Yeah. yeah, he's like teetering and walking and he fires his gun once into the ground and like Doc Holliday's like taunting him. He's like, come on, come on, you know, right. come here. You know, you're no Daisy. You're no Daisy at all, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, Do- uh, Johnny Ringo just collapses to the ground, and Doc Holliday takes his badge off and sets it on him. He's like, poor thing, was just too high strong. Yep. And right about that time, Wyatt Earp comes out of the clearing yep. with his gun drawn, thinking, you know, something bad was going down. Right. And he's like, completely surprised to see Doc Holliday standing over Johnny Ringo's dead yeah. body. <laughs> And Doc Holliday looks at Wyatt Earp's like, I'm afraid the strain was just more than he could bear, I guess. Yep. And uh, also, Wyatt Earp... Oh, yeah. go ahead. Well, no, it's just he also tells Wyatt, too, that he actually wasn't as sick as he was Right? On. Exactly. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, Wyatt Earp, you can tell he wants to ask, but he's just, like, looking at him like, what are you doing here? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's exactly what he said. It's like, oh, well, I wasn't quite as sick as I let on. It's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. That's a lie. And so... They, he gives him, gives, uh, he gives Wyatt Earp back his gun, back his badge, and he's like, my hypocrisy really only goes so far. <laughs> right. And they, they look at, they look at each other, and so, so Doc Holliday's, and like, looks at Wyatt's like, well, you know, I guess now it's time for the last charge of Wyatt Earp and his immortals. Yep. And so you have this montage now again of them just running riding through uh, yep. the countryside, taking out any cowboy they come across. Exactly. They even run across Ike Clinton, finally. Mm-hmm. Finally, they almost get him, but he takes his stupid sash off yeah. and throws it to the ground. Yep. Which is like, you know, the whole promise he made was if they were wearing a red sash, he would yeah. kill them. Well, he dropped his sash, so I guess now he can't kill him. Right. That's baloney. Yeah. <laughs> he should have still shot Ike Clinton. Well, we still <laughs> we find out later about Ike. Exactly. So that's the end of their whole ride. You know, you see Doc and Wyatt riding side by side. They shake hands as if to say, like, a job well done. Right. And it fades from there. And it the scene takes back, comes back into view, but it's the shows a sign. Yeah. Glenwood Sanatorium in Colorado, it says. Um, and Wyatt Earp walks in. Just as a priest is giving Doc Holliday his last rites. Yeah. And the priest finishes, and so Doc walks over, and he thinks Doc is dead. I mean, Wyatt walks over and thinks Doc is dead. Right. And he just kind of sits beside his bed with his head down, just kind of, you know, sad and everything. And Doc opens his eyes, and he's like, oh, Wyatt, you know, me and uh, Father so-and-so, we were just discussing the mysteries of the Church of Rome. Yeah. He's like, apparently my hypocrisy knows no bounds. Nice. (laughs) Why it's like, oh, you're no hypocrite, Doc. You just like to you just like to talk like you are. <clears throat> and he's like, you know, I brought something for you. And he put, takes this little pamphlet booklet looking thing and puts mm-hmm. it in Doc's hand. And then he takes out cards and he's like trying to play cards with Doc. Yeah. 
And Doc is having none of it. He's like, you are the most fallible, most stubborn, most self-centered, most, you know, just yeah. going down the line. <laughs> going down. Man I have ever met. Yep. And, you know, Wyatt's like, you know, oh, you win again. Now I owe you this much. And Doc's like, you need to leave. You just need to go. Just leave me, Wyatt. Yep. And he tells Wyatt this little story about how he once was in love with his first, a first cousin. cousin of his. Nice. And Black's like, you know, that's great. What happened? And Doc says that she actually joined a convent yeah. over the affair. She must have been so, I guess, overtaken with, like, embarrassment or, or whatever yeah. that she did that. And But Doc's whole point of telling that story was you need to just leave. You need to go find... Yeah. He tells her to go find the actress... And go just make a life with her right. and leave him. Like, live your life for me, basically, is right. what he's saying. Yep. My life is over. Your life is still going on. Yep. So Wyatt, you know, reluctantly agrees to leave Doc Holiday, and, you know, says his goodbyes and leaves him. Well, Doc, one last, the last thing he does is he looks at the little booklet that Wyatt gave him. And it was actually a short story that Wyatt had written mm-hmm. titled My Friend Doc Holliday by Wyatt Earp. Yeah. And, you know, that, you know, Doc Holliday gets emotional and he looks like he starts to cry, but just then he passes. Right. And um, we fade from just this view of Doc Holliday in the bed alone, surrounded by other sick people and stuff. And now we cut to a winter scene somewhere. Finally, Wyatt has tracked down Josephine. Yeah. She's finishing up one of her showings. She was she had a part in the HMS Pinafore. Yeah. And so she's finishing up and everything and all the other actresses are telling her, you know, good luck, you know, good job, you know, yeah. have a good evening, blah blah blah. Right. So he he actually comes in like through the back door. Exactly. Oh. He walks in, he must have like bribed somebody, I guess. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> he slipped somebody a fiver. Yeah. He's like, "Hey man, I wasn't here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks in and he gives his whole, you know, romantic spiel about how he just wants to be with somebody and wants to share his life with them and they want he wants to live on room service and they can just, you know, they don't know how they'll make it, but somehow they'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, It's okay, my family's rich. Yeah. It's like, Okay, cool, so we'll just mooch cool. off your parents. Yeah. Fine. That's cool. Whatever. So yeah, so they exit <laughs> and it's snowing and it's really pretty and stuff and he you know, says, you know, do you do you remember the first night that we met, you know, like what what you wanted to do right and she's like i don't know because she didn't remember that yeah and he's like you know well you know well you have this dance right and so yeah yeah and so they start dancing and all that kind of crap yeah and then it's so romantic <laughs> and then we hear uh the narrator who yep. you know from the beginning he finishes it up with uh things that you know happen so exactly um, things like Virgil and Allie moved out to California, mm-hmm. and despite the fact that Virgil only had one arm, he became a sheriff there. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, Clanton, Ike Clanton, was killed like yep. two years later, I think he said, um, after uh, a burglary gone wrong. Yeah, basically. so he still got his. He did. Yeah. And then, um, let's see. Uh, for them, they stayed. They were together for like forty-seven years or something like that. Yep. And Until he died in nineteen twenty-nine. Yeah, twenty-eight, I think. 
Los Angeles, California. Yep. So, yeah, freaking Wyatt Earp was, like, in his early 80s. That's, oh, yeah. like, yeah, ancient was... for back then. Yep. So he lived through the Civil War. Yeah, because and... that was after the Civil War. They said at the very beginning exactly. it, the, it was after the Civil War. Exactly. Like, he was born, I think, before the Civil War. Oh, yeah. Lived like the 1800s. I don't think born. he actually fought in the Civil War. But it, we can talk about that later. It doesn't here, matter, yeah. And all the way up until... Practically the beginning of World War One. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a long span. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the end. Yep the the end. Yes. So I'll read out a couple of facts. There's a lot of them on IMDb, so I'm not going to read like all of them. Yeah, there are. So let's see. The line quoted by Doc. Oh, um, yeah, the line quoted by Doc at the end of the fight uh, at the OK Corral is historically true and was reported in the Tombstone Papers reporting the fight. When confronted by one of the cowboys at point-blank range, Cowboy reportedly said, I got you now, Doc, you son of a bitch, to which Doc gleefully retorted, You're a daisy if you do. <laughs> Uh, when the Earps first entered Tombstone, a grave marker can be seen in the cemetery that re- reads, Here lies Lester Moore, four slugs from a forty-four. no less, no more. Yep. There is an actual tombstone in Tombstone, Arizona that has that epitaph. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are, there are tombstones. There are a lot of tombstones there just like that. They all have kind of really creative little uh, epitaphs on them. So the so Wyatt Earp's fifth cousin, who is apparently also named Wyatt Earp, played uh, Billy Claiborne in the movie. Oh, I thought I had heard that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Bill Kilmer has been quoted as saying that screenwriter Kevin Jarre insisted the actors wear real wool costumes in accordance with the time period. In the Birdcage theater scene, Val Kilmer says the thermometer on the set read 134 degrees. Ugh. Kilmer suggested jokingly that was the reason Doc Holliday killed so many people. It's just like he wore wool in the summer in the Arizona Territory, that, and that made him mad. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> oh, they actually have the translation of what Doc and Johnny Ringo were saying uh, to one another in Latin. Oh, okay. Cool. So, Doc Holliday said, In wine there is truth, Johnny Ringo, do what you do, Doc Holliday. Uh, let Appella the Jew believe, not I. I don't know. And then Johnny Ringo said, Youth is the teacher of fools, Doc Holliday. Rest in peace. And then... Um, the line, let's see, let Appella the Jew believe, not I, was confusing to viewers. Scholarly papers showed that Romans used the phrase to show contempt for Judaism's belief that divine power was involved in everyday life. Oh. <laughs> this would have been interesting. Willem Dafoe was the original choice to play Doc I Holliday. had heard that. That would have... <laughs> uh, William Dafoe's a good actor, though. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't... That's one of those things... Knowing what we know with Val Kimmer being Doc Holliday is like, yeah. no, that's not, no. But I don't know. William Defoe's a good actor, so who knows? Yeah. He probably could have done a good job, too. But, yep, so there's a ton of facts. Oh, yeah, yeah. On that movie. Yeah, there is There is a lot so. of information and stuff regarding all that. Okay, so you want to grade it? 
Uh, certain. Yes, certainly. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> okay. We're going to use bitch slaps. Yes, B slaps. I will give it four and a half B slaps. What? Yes. Wait, I forget what our grade scale is. Is it One five? One to five. Oh, okay. <laughs> or zero to five, whichever. Oh, okay. I was... I was like, I thought we were doing a grade, a grading scale of zero to ten. No. <laughs> I was like, oh no, yes. that's it, that's it. <laughs> You're like, I'm divorcing you. We got you. problems. <laughs> Pause recording now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Um. So, um. Yeah, I would definitely just stick with my five then. Your five bitch slaps. Oh yeah, full for on sure. bitch slaps. Oh, for sure. So. Despite this movie's, um. Sometimes cheesy love stuff yeah. and sweaty people. I know, but it made me feel sweaty. I know, right? Just watching it. I bet that was real sweat, too. I don't think they Probably. were, like, spraying them with water if bottles they were, in between well, takes. I mean, if they were having to, you know, wear wool costumes and yeah, it was that that's hot, insane. it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was real. Forget that nonsense. No, but seriously, like, despite, mainly just despite the the love aspect like especially that one long scene of the horseback riding yeah and excuse me it's still a good movie i still like it yeah it's just got great Mm one-liners you know it's a great movie yeah um for this movie you guys can pretty much find this anywhere oh yeah yeah i think when i checked it was like amazon prime oh yeah do something else yeah YouTube, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So oh, yeah. it's pretty easy to find online. All of those are paid services, obviously. Right. But I mean, most people might have this movie in their yeah. library. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we did. Yeah, mainly because of me, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, I guess next week we're going to be doing the Majestic with Jim Carrey. Um. Yeah, we'll still do the Majestic. I didn't realize that movie was as long as it is. <laughs> But if we could do this movie, which the movie runtime itself was two hours and ten minutes. Right. At this moment, our recording time of this podcast is two hours and 16 minutes. That's not bad. If we can do that, I think we can do The Majestic <laughs> and survive, too. Yeah. So. So. At least my other movies, they're not nearly as bad. Right. I remember for sure um, wanting to do Mystery Men yep. at some point. My fourth one, I can't remember what it is. I'm either going to have to come up with a new one or try to remember it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so you the got Majestic time. next week. Okay. Starring Jim Carrey and um, I forget. It doesn't, Jim Carrey. I forget the older guy's name. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's it's like a comedy uh, mixed with like kind of a drama, I guess you yeah. could say. Right. Based uh, during the McCarthy hearings and all that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Well... Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Yep, definitely. And, and shop you, our sponsors, all that good jazz. Yep. And also, you know, if you have movie suggestions, you can email us email us at breakdownfromthecouch at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Thank you. <laughs>